or Wednesday, the 22nd of November. It is the Feast of St. Cecilia. It's also the day before the Thanksgiving holiday. Let's pray Psalm 138 together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, with all my heart. In the presence of the angels, to you I sing. I bow low toward your holy temple. I praise your name for your mercy and faithfulness. For you exalted over all your name and your promise. On the day I cried out, you answered. You strengthen my spirit. All the kings of the earth will praise you, Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. They will sing of the ways of the Lord. How great is the glory of the Lord. The Lord is on high but cares for the lowly and knows the proud from afar. Though I walk in the midst of dangers, you guard my life when my enemies rage. You stretch out your hand. Your right hand saves me. The Lord is with me to the end. Lord, your mercy endures forever. Never forsake the work of your hands. Amen. A psalm of thanksgiving for thanksgiving. Actually, we're going to go over a couple of psalms that have thanksgiving themes in them today on the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for joining us on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And Travis has that video feed up and running if you want to stop by. Say hello in the chat. Uh, And... We will uh, we'll say hello back. David Kissel is going to be along to talk Thanksgiving and stewardship, how our gratitude should flow forth into generosity toward others, uh, and some practical ways you can maybe do that at your local level. Rita Heikenfeld will discuss uh, more recipe ideas for make-ahead stuff and more ways to get good perspective. Some of us this close to the Thanksgiving feast have lost all perspective on why it is we're doing this and are just so caught up in the activity and the hustle and the the chaos around it. And uh, she'll give a little perspective on that. Gary Zimak will indeed talk about a psalm that has a Thanksgiving theme to it. And then Dr. Matthew Bunsen uh, has some thoughts to share on Pope Francis in the synodal way, or is it the synodal way, years into this process, and I still don't know how to pronounce it. So that's why we brought on Dr. Bunsen to do so for us. Two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Israel and Hamas have agreed to a ceasefire in Gaza to allow hostages to be released and to let in aid. The deal agreed to yesterday would see at least 50 hostages captured by the militant group released in exchange for 150 Palestinians being held by Israel. The truce is supposed to last for at least four days, with Israel saying it could be extended as long as 10 hostages were freed each day after that. The first exchange will be for women and children in Israeli jails. The deal will also let in trucks to bring fuel and medical supplies to Gaza, which has been under nonstop bombardment since last month's Hamas attack. The deal was agreed to earlier today, not yesterday. Pope Francis today will meet with families of Israelis being held hostage as well as With family members of Palestinians currently in Gaza, the Holy See has said the meetings would take place separately and were purely humanitarian in nature. During his general audience today, the Pope asserted that the conflict in the Holy Land is not war but terrorism. He said, quote, they suffer so much. I heard how they both suffer. Wars do that. Then saying, quote, 
But here we have gone beyond wars. This is not war. This is terrorism, end quote. Meanwhile, the Holy See's permanent observer to the United Nations in Geneva has expressed deep concern there over the death of children in the Holy Land conflict. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tullock reports. Dialogue is the only practical path to a lasting peace in the Holy Land. Those are the words of Archbishop Ettore Balestrero, the Holy See's permanent observer to the United Nations in Geneva. Archbishop Balestrero began his address by reiterating the Holy See's unequivocal and irrevocable condemnation. However, he said, while the Holy See affirms the right to self-defense, the principle of proportionality must always be respected. In this context, he reiterated the Holy See's deep concern at the catastrophic humanitarian situation in the Gaza Strip. Archbishop Balestrero noted that thousands of Palestinian lives, including those of more than 5,000 children, have already been lost. This indiscriminate suffering of the population is unacceptable, he stressed. The Archbishop went on to make a plea for the two sides to speak to one another. I call, he said, on the authorities of Israel and Palestine to boldly renew their commitment to a peace based on justice and respect for the legitimate aspirations of both sides. Although the path of dialogue may currently seem limited, he emphasized, it is the only practical solution for a long-term end to the ongoing violence affecting Christians, Jews and Muslims in the region. Archbishop Balestro brought his address to a close by quoting at length from Pope Francis's recent appeal for peace, saying that he hoped the words would, quote, deeply resonate within the hearts of all those present. Basta, basta, fratelli, basta. Enough, enough, brothers and sisters. Every human being, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Every human being is sacred, is precious in the eyes of God. I'm Joseph Tullock. The world's largest cryptocurrency exchange is paying more than $4 billion in penalties following a years-long Justice Department probe. Attorney General Merrick Garland says Binance and its founder have agreed to plead guilty to money laundering violations, unlicensed money transmitting, and sanctions violations. The company's CEO also agreed to pay $50 million in fines and to step down from his role under a deal with the department. The minutes from the Federal Reserve's last meeting give no indication of possible rate cuts. Mark Mayfield has more. The summary of the two-day meeting held on October the 31st and November the 1st, released on Tuesday, show that officials remain concerned that inflation could still increase. They say the monetary policy will need to remain restrictive in order to get inflation down to the Fed's goal of 2%. Following the end of the meeting, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said, the fact is the committee is not thinking about rate cuts right now at all. I'm Mark Mayfield. And the TSA is reminding people who will be flying how to travel with Thanksgiving food. I know we covered this earlier this week, but it bears repeating today, I think. Holiday flyers are being reminded that not that only solid food items can get through a security checkpoint Since food items often need additional screening, officials say it would be best to put it in its own bag or in an easily accessible location. However, foods like cranberry sauce, gravy, and mashed potatoes should be carefully packed in checked luggage. So... Uh, yesterday morning, after the Sunrise Morning Show, Anna Mitchell recorded a video. You made mashed video. potatoes to fly to, no? No, I did not do that. Okay. I did not do that. But I uh, recorded an episode I'm excited to share soon on uh, Christmas conversion stories, you know, Scrooge, the Grinch, oh, all right. that stuff, yeah, yeah. with Joseph Pierce. Mm-hmm. And I asked him because, you know, he comes from a country that does not have a Thanksgiving right. holiday the same way. And it's like, are you are you dialed in on this? I mean, have you kind of warmed up to the holiday and, and brought it in? And, and uh, he said he's he's come to appreciate it. And uh, 
I asked him what he does, and he says that he likes to go out on the porch with a friend and hand shuck oysters, you know, while people oh, are preparing wow. the food. And I'm like, man, I I wonder if anybody's ever tried to take oysters on a plane, like, oh, just a big old thing of thing of oysters. And all I can think of is like, what if that bag leaks? That'd be a rough one. Mm-hmm. When in doubt, I would just say buy groceries when you get there. <laughs> if you could figure out the recipe or have the people that are there pick up the stuff for you and you'll make it when you get there. I mean, yeah, if you're flying. If you're flying. Because chances are you're not flying to get in five I mean, it's like, dinner. I don't know what altitude does to your mashed potatoes, but uh, do you really want to risk it? Do you want to risk it? I don't know. I, I think like, altitude only matters when you're actively baking. I just but really I don't want to know what it would do to my broccoli casserole. It's like, ugh, I just don't want to Do risk they not it. have broccoli where you're going? Exactly. Exactly. You make it. Do they not have Ritz crackers where you're going? I'm only driving 20 minutes to my oh. Thanksgiving food I can't location. believe you that you are this invested in this topic. <laughs> this <week. laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Today is Wednesday, November the 22nd. It is the Feast of St. Cecilia. Pray for us. It's nine past. David Kissel back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show from the Stewardship Department for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Good morning, David. Good to see you. Good morning, Anna. We are going to be talking about Thanksgiving in light of our conversations on stewardship as a way of life. So just in general, David, how does stewardship relate to Thanksgiving? Yeah, so Thanksgiving provides a uh, wonderful opportunity to reflect on a life of stewardship. You know, a lot of times we think of stewardship, we just think of a once a year program that a parish might roll out and ask people to think about the ways they give their time, their talent, and their treasure. But it's at the core of stewardship, it's a recognition that, that everything is a gift from God. He's entrusted every minute of every day. Um, to us. Everything is a gift. So stewardship is really helping us to, to shape our perspective and recognizing that we are, we're simply stewards of our lives, that God is, is the owner. God is the giver of everything we have. And in Thanksgiving, because he's given us everything, we respond. You know, and stewardship really is, it's, it's an expression of our discipleship. So we respond in ways, you know, to shape our lives, to live as Christ. Christ is the model of stewardship. So Thanksgiving is just that that great time of year where everyone, you know, it seems like we're, we're all trying to slow down a little bit, trying to reflect on the many blessings in our lives and saying, how are we living um, as God's calling us to live? So I always I think, say there's kind of three, three questions we can think about. We say, what does God bless me with? You know, add up and think about all the many blessings in our lives. What am I doing with those blessings? How am I using those? Um, and thirdly, is how I'm using the blessings that God gives me the way he wants me. Mm. to use those blessings. So That's the key question. The key right question. There. Am I conforming my life to God's will and how I'm living? Yeah. Well, let's uh, dive into gratitude a little bit more because, of course, this is a time when when we, we really try to refocus on what there is to be grateful for in our lives. And so when it comes to gratitude, I mean, what is the importance of gratitude when it comes to living a life of stewardship? It's it's the starting point. You know, starting point for stewardship is a recognition of, of the, the many blessings and gifts from God. And I'll never forget a homily several years ago on Thanksgiving Day. Um, my, my pastor, Father Don, he, he posed the question. He said, what if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you gave thanks for today? Oh, 
And it was kind of a like, hmm, kind of moment of really thinking about, am I giving, truly giving thanks to God for the many blessings in my, lives, in my life each and every day, you know, at, at all points throughout the day, but especially in reflecting on, on the day, you know, towards, towards the evening before going to bed of what did God bless me with today and, and being grateful for those. You know, we all love our, our Father Mike Schmidt's videos that are, mm-hmm. that are abundant throughout the, the Internet, but I was recently watching one on gratitude, and he said it's, it's not a matter of waiting to feel grateful. You know, it's an, it's an intentional choice, you know, to be grateful in, in all things. And he quoted St. Paul. He said, St. Paul says, in everything give thanks. So it's, it's really thinking about everything we have to be grateful for and making that choice to live, to live differently and, and recognizing everything comes from God to do so. Well, and that choice can be so hard sometimes when it's so easy to focus on what I want, what I don't have, things that aren't working in my life, things that need to be fixed. So how does being dedicated to a life of stewardship, David, give us a different perspective on those things? Yeah, so it gives us the, uh, you know, it's a switch from that perspective of scarcity you know, we're always thinking about what's missing, what yeah. needs to be fixed in life to a, a perspective of abundance. Mm. That uh, gratitude, when we pr- practice gratitude and get in, you know, provide that, that habit in our lives, we pr- begin to see that perspective of abundance. You know, I, I would think about uh, years ago, you mentioned Carson earlier, but uh, Carson, when uh, Charlie came on the scene, when Charlie was born many years ago, Carson was you know, four or so, four or five and Charlie rolled around to his first birthday, and I never forget Carson kind of piped up. You know, he's seen his little brother getting all these cool toys and different things, you know, and he's a little, little uh, kind of like, what about me? And he's like, well, just remember, everybody, this is also the day we celebrate that, that I became a big brother. Oh, You know, so it's like, <laughs> hey, don't forget. So it's just the, the, uh, the importance of even in some of those struggles, maybe those times where things aren't the way we would like them to be, there's still something to be be grateful for and yeah. to find that. And Christy reminds our family that often. We've got to find the joy amidst the suffering, you know, amidst the hardship. Mm-hmm. There's always something to be grateful for, you know, no matter what state in life we may be, we may be in. Um, and, and if we ever need a reminder of, of what, you know, to be grateful or just how much God loves us, we simply look at a crucifix. Mm. We simply look at the cross and see this is just how much God loves us. He gave his one and only son for us to give us life, to hear and provide us with that path to live with him in eternity forever. Well, let's keep going with these tips here, David. What other ways um, can we, from a practical standpoint, sustain gratitude beyond like just thinking about it around the Thanksgiving table? Sure. So I, and this is not one that I practice, but I know I knew I should be, but a, <laughs> uh I was with a kind of a men's group recently, and we were talking about just living on our faith. And uh, one of the guys said, yeah, I, I review my gratitude list every day. Hmm. I'm like, wow, you really have one of those. That's, that's cool. Nice. You know, to, to be intentional about writing things down that we're grateful for and on a daily basis reviewing that. It's a great reminder. I mean, I'm probably guilty of simply just thinking about it. But when we put it to paper, that's a, a great reminder every day to review. So a gratitude list is one. Um, in our family, you know, praying before meals, um, all meals is very important. And I have, you know, it's, it's a, uh, I feel like every time we say grace before a meal, it really gets me thinking about we are, we do have something so to be grateful for here that we have food on our table, that we're here together as a family. Um, and it really just puts things into perspective. So saying grace before meals, very important. 
Um, I saw uh, just Googling some of the things and researching this a little bit. Somebody said write more thank you notes, mm. emails, and texts um, nice. to people. So really be intentional about trying to write and say thank you to people. And then, uh, you know, we think about, our, our, especially within our faith, the word Eucharist means Thanksgiving. So when we think about, you know, intentionally when we come to Mass, you know, to be prayerful about bringing our, our, uh, the, the things that we're grateful for, things that are on our hearts that we want to give thanks to God, bringing those as offerings to our Lord at every Mass and just giving thanks and, you know, laying before them spiritually at, at the altar and just saying, Lord, I'm just so grateful for everything that you've, you've given me in my life. And especially I'm grateful for the gift of my faith. You know, you gave us this gift to love you, to, to turn our lives to you so that we could, you know, be in communion with you and to live for forever and eternity. So just bringing those gifts, those things to be grateful for in Mass in each and every time we, we celebrate the Eucharist. Yeah, thank you so much, David Kissel. You can find the Stewardship Department for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Now, lots of you want to know about the weather today. You're traveling via car or plane, I guess. Don't forget, check your mashed potatoes. Rain showers lingering up and down the eastern seaboard, but will let up and eventually stop in most areas by late afternoon and evening. Parts of New England and upstate New York could see some accumulation of snow and ice. Some scattered light rain may also linger across Appalachia and downwind from the Great Lakes and the Mid-Atlantic. Showers will likely cease this morning. And the rest of the day should be mostly dry. It'll be dry across the Midwest and the Great Plains, the Deep South, and parts of the Great Lakes. Rain showers will be hitting the Pacific Northwest, especially this morning. And those showers will eventually spread east throughout the day, turning into a mix of rain and snow showers as you get into higher elevations in the Rockies. The rest of the western U.S. can expect mostly clear skies and dry weather. 18 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Back with headlines after this. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Got a coffee lover on your Christmas list this year? Give them the gift of Mystic Monk Coffee. The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of seasonal blends that would make for a great Christmas morning brew. And when you purchase it, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you support the monks and the show. If your coffee lover is also a fan of the Sunrise Morning Show, pick up a mug or travel mug for them in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. 
Renowned Catholic literary scholar Joseph Pierce introduces you to the men and women behind history's greatest works of literature. You can hear The Authority with Joseph Pierce as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTNRadio.net slash podcasts today. Twenty past. Here's Anna with headlines. Israel and Hamas have agreed to a ceasefire to allow hostages to be released and to let aid into Gaza. Pope Francis today will be meeting with families of Israelis held hostage and with family members of Palestinians currently in Gaza. And there's a new book from Pope Francis on the nativity scene. Speaking of books, I got one in my hand because today yeah. is actually the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. That's right. Which means it's also the 60th anniversary of the death of Aldous Huxley. That's right. Which means it's also the 60th anniversary of the death of C.S. Of C. Lewis. C. S. Lewis. That's so right. Peter Crape's got a book that's an imagined dialogue between the three of them. Oh, <laughs> you wow. You check yeah. out. It's called Between Heaven and Hell. Check it out. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. That's lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ken Herbert Plumbing. Ken Herbert Plumbing, a drain cleaning specialist, uses color drain cameras to help find and fix drainage issues. Ken Herbert Plumbing, for residential and commercial plumbing repair, 513-383-2974. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. It's time to take a look at Bible Foods with Rita Heikenfeld from abouteating.com. Rita, good morning. Well, good morning, my friend. So we get to talk about wheat today. We've talked about it before, and it's hard not to talk about it. It's one of the most mentioned foods in the entire Bible. Oh, it is, in this time of year especially, because we're going to be making stuffing and bread puddings and all that with bread, which is made from wheat. Yeah, and in John, in, in chapter 12, very familiar passage, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much 
green, just like seeds that we plant. And then in Psalm, um, he makes peace within your borders and fills you with the finest wheat. There's been songs made of that passage. Beautiful. Indeed. Uh, wheat is, of course, what you need to make bread. Uh, so uh, this, is, uh, this is something that is a staple of every culture as far back as we can find wheat. So how would it have been used during the time of the Old Testament up to the time of Christ? Well, it's interesting. What they did, Matt, was they threshed the grain and then ground it by hand in stone mills, um, much like they do in some places today, but not very many. Um, and the mills were usually made of something called black basalt, and it's real hard and porous. It has a real rough surface. So it did a good job, but it was a noisy grinding process. So they started before daylight, and it was usually done every day since only enough meal for one day was prepared back then. Remember, no refrigeration, no microwaves. And then the flour was uh, sieved onto trays and then ground even finer with a, a pestle and a stone slab. And then I always remember this, too, when, when the call came from Moses to leave Egypt, what did the people take? They took their kneading troughs with them because um, they knew that bread was essential, so bread making was essential. So yeah, you're right. Way back then, it was um, an essential food. And of course, when they got out in the desert and couldn't make bread anymore, God had to bring them some from heaven. So uh, yeah. <laughs> that's where we get the manna story yeah. from. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the difference between bleached and unbleached flour. Well, that's sort of a confusing term, I think. Bleaching is actually a method that of aging the flower and as it ages it gets whiter in color it starts out like a a pale gold and originally flour was bleached only by aging naturally but now um, because time is money it can go through a, a chemical process and that's what makes it whiter um, but then if you allow flour to age naturally it again it's going to cost a little more i like um it's called unbleached flour because it's aged naturally um, it's a little more expensive. I really like it. It's not as white in color as bleached, but I think it gives a, a better rise in baked goods. So certain things I'll use um, unbleached flour for. Again, it um, costs a little more than bleached for sure. All right. So I want to take a look at a couple of these recipes that you've mm -hmm. sent. Because when it comes to Thanksgiving and uh, you, let's say you put out a list and ask people what they can bring. Anybody who checks that dessert box is likely going to be bringing a pumpkin pie. Yep. But it's nice to mix it up a little bit, maybe work with some of the same flavors. Uh, and uh, that's certainly the case with this pumpkin pecan bread pudding. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah, you got that right. Um, Day-old bread, you're going to use that anyway for your stuffing or dressing, whatever you call. Um, and you can make this way ahead and just rewarm it while everybody's eating dinner. Basically, um, you're going to put some day-old bread in a baking dish, and then you're going to whisk together some half-and-half and, half and pumpkin puree, not the filling, but just a plain pumpkin, some sugar, um, eggs, vanilla, and, of course, pumpkin pie spice. And that's going to be a custard. And you just pour that over the bread mat. You want to make sure you cover all the pieces of bread uh, so that each piece is soaking in that custard. And then what I like to do is I like to scatter some pecans on top and swish them down into the pudding. I'll bake it at 350, about an hour. Um, you'll know it's done. It'll be all puffy. And then if you put a knife in the center, it comes out clean. And you can serve that warm or room temperature. Um, you can freeze it ahead of time and rewarm it. It's just wonderful. So I like to serve it with something that I figured you might like. It's a caramel sauce 
to which I've added a bit of bourbon. How does that sound? So as I was seeing this recipe materialize, <laughs> I was like, this needs to have a little warm maple syrup on it. And then I got down to this second half. I was like, oh, never mind. Rita's got us covered. Oh, you know what, though? The maple syrup would be great in here instead of the bourbon. So let, let me just talk a little bit about that. Um, basically, you're going to take a, a large, heavy saucepan, and you're going to whisk together some brown sugar, some clear corn syrup, some butter and salt. And you boil that uh, for just a few minutes. And then you lower that to a simmer. And then you add some whipping cream and just whisk that until blended. And then you're going to cook another few minutes. And that thickens um, the sauce up. And then you're going to stir in some vanilla and a little bourbon. But you know what? How about, even instead of vanilla, how about some maple syrup? And you can mm. put the bourbon in or not. So, um, And the bourbon's just about a tablespoon, so it wouldn't make a huge difference. And I like to make that way ahead and then warm it up and just serve, serve it warm over the bread pudding. Really, really nice. And it also makes a nice gift from the kitchen in a jar as well. Very cool. And by the way, Rita Heikeville, this is one of my favorite times of the year to talk to you for so many reasons, uh, because among other things, you can help us get some good recipe ideas so we're less stressed out when uh, it comes time to host a big Thanksgiving dinner. But the other is because this time of year, I get to hear you say the name of that big orange thing that people make pies out of. <laughs> say it for me one more time, just to make my day. What, pumpkin? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, pumpkin. It's It's pumpkin. just... I know you've been cooking for years, but you still say pumpkin like a yep, like an Ohio kid. <clears throat> like I love a, it. Yep, like an Ohio native for sure. Pumpkin. It's amazing. <laughs> well, we are so grateful for you and uh, some of these great recipes. I know some of our listeners want to go find those and maybe even give you some ideas of some mm -hmm. things that have worked great in their own families over the years. Uh, all that can be done through abouteating.com. Rita, have a wonderful day. Thanks for some more great insights and recipes. Yes, and Matt, I'll look forward to talking to you next week with more. And let's never forget what Rita always says about these kinds of things, that it's not just about what you make. It's about sharing it and the people you share it with. Good stuff. Half past the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Pope Francis today will be meeting with families of Israelis being held hostage in Gaza, as well as with family members of Palestinians who are currently stuck in Gaza. The Holy See has said the meetings would take place separately and are purely humanitarian in nature. During his general audience today, the Pope asserted that the conflict in the Holy Land is not war, but terrorism. He said they suffer so much. I heard how they both suffer. Wars do that. Then he said, quote, but here we have gone beyond wars. This is not war. This is terrorism, end quote. Meanwhile, a deal between Israel and Hamas to release hostages has been reached. Brian Shook reports. Israel's cabinet approved the deal Tuesday night, according to NBC News. There's still a 24-hour period where the families of victims of Hamas could appeal to the Supreme Court. The deal would include a multi-day ceasefire and the release of 50 women and children held by Hamas. Israel would release roughly 150 Palestinian women and children prisoners as part of the deal. I'm Brian Shook. The U.S. is launching retaliatory strikes in Iraq against Iran-backed militants. U.S. Central Command says a round of airstrikes were launched early yesterday against two facilities backed by Iran that were involved in attacks against U.S. forces stationed in Iraq. Iran-backed militias yesterday fired a close-range ballistic missile 
at a U.S. airbase in Iraq, resulting in several non-serious injuries. Michigan's 1931 ban on abortion has been officially repealed with Governor Gretchen Whitmer's signature on the so-called Reproductive Health Act. The law upholds the right of Michiganders to abortion, and Whitmer says it will help lower costs for patients and abortion providers and, as she put it, quote, protects every Michigander's constitutional right to make their own decisions about their own body, end quote. Right to Life of Michigan President Barbara Listing criticized the law, saying it was signed recklessly and poses safety risks. There's a new book coming out from Pope Francis on the nativity scene. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. Littleness is the way to encounter God. With those words, Pope Francis has introduced his new book entitled Christmas at the Nativity. Published by Focolare New City Press, the book includes a series of reflections, speeches, and homilies that the Pope has dedicated to the nativity scene and characters who appear in it. In his introduction, Pope Francis recalls his two visits to the Italian town of Greccio, where his namesake, St. Francis, invented the nativity scene, which has adorned houses for centuries to mark the birth of our Lord. The Pope said the creche always invites him and us to delve deeper into the Christian mystery. The incarnation of Jesus Christ remains the heart of God's revelation, he said, noting that it is easily forgotten that its unfolding is so unobtrusive to the point of going unnoticed. Pope Francis noted that God often hides himself in the seemingly trivial and repetitive events of daily life. Therefore, he said, we need to avail ourselves of the gift of discernment, like the shepherds on that first Christmas who discovered God's surprise and adored him. All human beings are inclined to seek greatness, said the Pope, but only a few know how to really find it in the littleness that God so loves. The Pope went on to recall the night in 1223, 800 years ago this year, that St. Francis created the first nativity scene. According to the Italian saint's first biographer, Thomas of Celano, the first nativity scene had a crib, hay, and a donkey, but was devoid of figurines. Instead, it was filled with the faithful who came to participate in the Christmas Mass. I am sure, wrote the Pope, that the first nativity scene, which accomplished a great work of evangelization, can also be an occasion today to summon forth awe and wonder. Thus concluded Pope Francis, the nativity scene has persisted down to our own day and continues to offer Christians a visible and genuine form of the beauty of our faith. I'm Devin Watkins. President Biden is ordering flags to be flown at half-staff to honor former First Lady Rosalind Carter. The wife of former President Jimmy Carter passed away Sunday at the age of 96. Flags at U.S. government buildings and military bases will be flown at half-staff from Saturday until sunset on November 29th, the day that she will be laid to rest. That's the news. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values. From Sacred Heart Radio's Angels List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to sacredheartradio.com and click Angels List. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman, 
Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of St. Cecilia, Wednesday, November the 22nd. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. If you're traveling for Thanksgiving, dry weather, at least regionally, right now temperatures in the lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, overcast, mostly cloudy today with a high of 47 degrees. Clouds move out tonight. It'll be colder with an overnight low of 33. Mostly sunny skies tomorrow on Thanksgiving with a high of 53 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy today. Some possible drizzle with a high of 45 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight and an overnight low of 32. Becoming mostly sunny tomorrow on Thanksgiving and a high of 52 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues on this day before Thanksgiving, Wednesday, the 22nd of November. I'm Matt Swaim, joined by Gary Zimak from followingthetruth.com. Gary, how are you? I am well, Matt. Great to be back with you. As I like to ask all of our guests this time of year, what are your kitchen responsibilities or duties, if any? You ready for this, Matt? I I am, don't tell my wife this, but I'm in charge of the turkey. She might think she is, but I'm going to make sure it gets done right. How's that? Okay, so I need to know then, do you have a technique? Is it oven-based? Do you do anything crazy? Like, what's the what's the, 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 the 50,000 foot view of, of what your technique is? Uh, you know what? I, <laughs> I work on my technique every year. One of these years, I'm going to get it right. It is very simple. I keep it simple, and uh, we'll, I'll let you know how it works out. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, you know, there are a lot of psalms one could pick uh, on the week of Thanksgiving because a lot yeah. of the psalms actually have the literal word Thanksgiving in them. <laughs> right. So which one right. did you end up picking this week? You know, Matt, I went with one that is relatively popular. So many people know this psalm. It's Psalm 95. And, um, you know, the purpose of, of these segments that we do each week, I'm trying to reach out to anyone who may be struggling, who may be hopeless, who may be discouraged, who may be overcome with anxiety. And, and personally speaking, Psalm 95 is one that helped me and continues to help me, especially when I'm not feeling particularly thankful. And there are days when I wake up, and I've struggled with this for, for many years, and I might not just be feel, feeling like rejoicing. And I might lose sight of a very important fact. And a matter of fact, could I just want to read the first few verses of Psalm 95, and then maybe we could talk a little bit more about it. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Now, somebody hearing this first verse of Psalm 95 might say, well, you know what? I'm not feeling joyful today. Wait, let's look at verse 2. Let us come into his presence 
with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. So now we're reminded, and this is something that is so easy to forget, that no matter where we are, we have the ability to be in the presence of the Lord. We're in his presence. We can speak to him. We can have a conversation with him. That is a reason for me to be joyful. Verse 3 continues, For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. And then finally, Matt, verse 5, The sea is his, for he made it, for his hands formed the dry land. And to me, when I hear those, those verses there, after recognizing that I can go wherever I am, into the presence of the Lord. He's with me. I can have an audience with him. I'm reminded that he is completely in control. When I look around at everything I see, I recognize he has made it. He has made the earth. He has made the entire universe. And he's in control of my life. He's bigger than any problem I can ever face. And when I put all these things together, in these first five verses of Psalm 95, I have a reason to rejoice. And I can choose to rejoice because the Lord's in charge. He loves me, and I can talk with him. You know, I've been thinking about uh, the various ways that virtues are connected uh, and, and how it has an effect on, you know, sort of my outlook on life on a particular day, because, you know, it does not take much to steer the attention towards all the horribleness, either in the whole wide world or in the church or in my own life. Um, but I found that when you start with humility— and I'm not the one who came up with this, by the way. Like, church fathers have had incredible things to say about these sorts of things. When you start with humility so that you don't put yourself as the measurer of all things, right? You don't think mm -hmm. of yourself as the one who's in charge of the sea and the mountains and everything else. You start with humility. It better positions you for gratitude, to be thankful to the one who did make the mountains and is in control. And when you start to reflect that there is someone who did all that, it leads to a sort of like wonder and wonder kind of gets you back out of the cynicism a little bit. So uh, from humility to gratitude to wonder. And if I, I find that if I get stuck along that process, sometimes you have to like do what you do with a computer, which is where you like turn it off and turn it back on again, <laughs> right? <laughs> to kind of right. get back and start back at the beginning of that process. And so I, I, I can't help but see a connection in this psalm between humility and gratitude because this person, like, the, the psalmist immediately goes from his gratitude to explaining, who am I grateful to? The person who is in charge, who happens to not right. be me, <laughs> right? Right, right, right. And, and that's a great point for those of us who tend to be anxious, who those of us who tend to be worriers and who, who want to be in control. We think it's all about us. We think it's all up to us to fix everything and we lose that sense of, of, of humility, that sense of the fact that I'm the creature. God's the creator. He's, he's the boss. He's in charge of everything. I don't have to fix these problems all by myself. And, and you know, you talk about that, that building that sense of gratitude, and once you recognize that the Lord created me, he's in charge, he has provided for all of my needs from the moment I was first conceived, Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. When I begin to have that sense of gratitude, how can I not respond by rejoicing with thanksgiving over all that he has given me? But I'm really glad you mentioned that, that 
turning this, the computer on and off and on again, because sometimes we all need that. We all need that reboot. We all need that starting over because we can wake up and become immediately consumed in the problems of our lives and the problems of the world. And, and we start off on the wrong foot. But a psalm like this, and I've started many days by reading this psalm, uh, a psalm like this helps us to remember that we are not the ones in charge and we have so much to be thankful for. Yeah, I mean, even if uh, you just got a small table uh, and it's not a not a whole bunch of people, or even if you got a big table and there's a bunch of people there you don't get along with, like you're you're yeah. you have everybody's got something to be thankful for. It's I, I mean, I don't care how weird the week has been, how weird the day has been, how weird your whole life up to this point has been. Everyone has something to be thankful for, um, and you know I have to remind myself of this. Like literally every day, or I'll forget it. <laughs> you know, and I, right, you know, right. I, there, there are plenty of people uh, who make Thanksgivings, uh, you know, a gratitude part of like an Ignatian daily examine. But it's also a reminder that what does the church offer us every single day? Right, we're obligated to go to mass on Sunday, but the church offers it every single day, and the Eucharist is, a, it is a Thanksgiving offering. Right, it is an offering of ourselves in gratitude back to God who gives us back even more than what we offer him. So, I mean, it's all connected to, I mean, the heart of Christian worship is literally Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. And you, you mentioned, I'm so glad you mentioned the ability to go to daily Mass in a few hours. I'm going to do that myself because I'm able to do that. I'm fortunate I've been able to do that for many years. And, uh, you know, one of the things to think about is when, when we walk through those doors of the Church, you talk about the ultimate expression of being in the presence of the Lord, you know, as, as stated in this psalm. When we walk into the doors of the church, talk about being grateful and, and talking, you know, you talk about Thanksgiving. We are able to receive Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He is there in the Eucharist. doesn't get any more real than that. And it's, it's a really great gift. And you, you're right, we might not have much. And what we do have, no matter what we have, even if it's not much, we have the ability to consciously turn to the Lord and say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've given me. I'm going to give you all I can. I'm going to give you my heart, my will, and and consciously choose to thank you, Lord, for what you've given to me. We are stewards of providence, as the Catechism says. What a great phrase, right? We are stewards yeah. of the providence of God. Gary Zimak, we've got Following the Truth linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. I encourage people to go over there and say hello. You Have a happy Thanksgiving and uh Spread that greeting to your whole family for us. You, you got it, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you and everyone listening. God bless, brother. All right. Up next, Dr. Matthew Bunsen. Stay with us. It's 14 till. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to his voice, to the peace you're seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. 
God is calling you to true joy by knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Just go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red box and order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series. Again, that's lordteachmetopray.com. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. EWTN's Religious Catalog has terrific suggestions for Christmas gifts. Good Night, Jesus, a children's bedtime story by Kate Sidner, is a delightful book that helps children reflect on God's blessings in their lives and will awaken their young hearts to the consoling joy of God's love for them. Good Night, Jesus, a children's bedtime storybook, is one of many great Christmas gifts from EWTN Religious Catalog. For more, visit EWTNRC.com today. 12 till, here's Anna with headlines. A deal between Israel and Hamas to release hostages and bring in humanitarian aid has been reached. Pope Francis today will be meeting with families of Israelis being held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians currently stuck in Gaza. And there's a new book coming out from Pope Francis on the nativity scene. Next newscast coming up in about... 14-ish minutes from now as the Sunrise Morning Show continues here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Matthew Bunsen, Vice President and Editorial Director of EWTN News. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. Good to be with you. It is good to have you. Kind of a surprise news item this week. Pope Francis going after the so-called synodal way that has been, I would say, obsessively pursued by those in charge of the German church. And I mean, honestly, who's in charge of the German church right now is kind of a big part of the problem. We'll get to that in a minute. But so uh, a German newspaper has published this letter from Pope Francis to four German lay women who had written to him about their concerns uh, on how this synodal way was playing out. Uh, What do we know about these four women? Well, you're right. Uh, First, one of the striking things, aside from the fact that Pope Francis sent this letter at all, Mm -hmm. uh, is the fact that uh, he apparently received this letter on November 6th and responded on November 10th. So this was seen by him as something of an immediate issue to be dealt with. And the letter, uh, which was written in German and then signed by hand, and subsequently published, as you noted, by Welt, uh, the newspaper, was sent uh, to uh, several theologians. Uh, first, Professor Katharina Westerhorstmann and Marian Schlosser, another philosopher by the name of Hanna Barbara Gerl Falkewitz, and then a journalist by the name of Dorothea Schmidt. They are significant because all four at one point had been participants in the German synodal way and had left earlier this year, uh, back in February, uh, because they were so appalled at what they were seeing uh, that the German synodal way was doing. Uh, Unraveling, for those who may not remember, of 
several four really key points of church teaching on authority, on the question of the priesthood, in particular celibacy, on the church's teachings on sexuality, in particular as the church is taught on homosexuality, and then the role of women, endorsing essentially the ordination of women, in particular the diaconate. So they expressed to the Holy Father their deep concerns about the situation in Germany, in particular about the plans of the Synodal Way to establish a permanent Synodal Council that would essentially replace the authority of the bishops with a kind of quasi-committee run uh, partly by the bishops, but mostly by a radical group of lay people called the, the Central Committee of German Catholics. And that is what Pope Francis kind of focused in on in his reply to them, correct? What did he have to say? Well, it's absolutely right. The, the letter is especially interesting because uh, what he says to them, he thanks them for their concerns and notes that, uh, as he puts it, there are numerous steps being taken by significant segments of the local church referring to Germany that threaten to steer it increasingly away from the universal church's common path. And then he specifically notes uh, two things, and there, there's something that, that's happened here. The first is the establishment of a synodal committee. The committee was then set up uh, essentially to uh, create this longer-form synodal council. And he notes that uh, the formation of this was forbidden specifically by the Holy See all the way back in January. And Francis goes on to note, that, which received, he said, my specific endorsement. In other words, this is a letter that I signed. And then he goes on to quote, and this seems to, to your point that this has been going on forever now, since really 2019. Francis wrote a letter to the pilgrim people of God in Germany all the way back in June of 2019, encouraging them and reminding them, quote, not to find salvation in constantly evolving committees, nor to persist in self-absorbed dialogues rehashing the same themes. Hmm. Calling, he said, on them to really take a different synodal path his synodal path. Is this a significant development, this letter, do you think? Well, I, I think there are two things to note. The, the first is that uh, this is a clear indication that Pope Francis uh, is very worried about uh, the progress of this German synodal way. Uh, the, the challenge now is going to be what follows. Yeah. If the Germans decide, uh, as they have now for going on since really 2019, when this whole initiative was launched, in particular by Cardinal Reinhard Marx, the Archbishop of Munich, and, and at the time that the president of the German Bishops' Conference, that they just plan to plow ahead uh, with these committees, and in particular this Synodal Council, I think we're heading for an inevitable clash with the Holy See. Uh, Francis has chosen so far to take a softer approach to this. Uh, if you remember, earlier this year, he referred to the synodal way as elitist, ideological, and unhelpful. All three are quotes. Uh, trying to exhort them not to continue down this path, but they persist in doing it, and went so far as to come out of the synod on synodality by claiming that, well, everything that happened in Rome for the month of October is a kind of endorsement of everything they're doing, so we're going to keep doing what we're doing. So I think uh, Francis is trying once again to discourage them uh, before he sort of drops the hammer on them, which may ultimately be necessary if we're going to avoid a schism in Germany. Well, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about, <laughs> is the likelihood of a hammer being dropped. I mean, not to draw parallels here, but of course here in the United States, the big hubbub was 
over the removal of of Bishop Strickland of Tyler, well, formerly of Tyler, Texas. Mm -hmm. And so we know that he's willing to do such things. Is he just going to have to clean house in in Germany if if they decide to move forward with this in the wake of a letter like this? I mean, is this forcing their hand? Well, it's possible that the, if the Germans have several more gatherings uh, coming in the next weeks, then they have a, another plenary council early next year, I think, in Augsburg. Uh, if uh, they continue down the road, then I think further steps are going to be taken. The question is what they look like. Yeah. We always have to be careful about doing one-for-one comparisons. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Strickland situation was its own thing. Uh, in this case, we're dealing with an entire national church. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Might be a little more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> a little more challenging, yes, not without historical problems, uh, in Germany in particular. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for, for Francis, I think he's trying to deal with this pastorally, uh, but I fear that there are still some very rough days ahead uh, for everyone, especially for faithful Catholics in Germany. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch over the next few weeks and months. And uh, the Catholic News Agency and the National Catholic Register have a full translation of the letter of Pope Francis to these four German lay women. If you would like to read the entire thing and, of course, great coverage over there at those two sites as well and EWTNnews.com as well. They all cover it. Dr. Bunsen, <laughs> it was do. so good to have you. Thank you so much. Always, and a happy Thanksgiving. To you as well. Thank you very much. All right, we got another hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up for most of our affiliates here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Stay with us. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Anne Andriaco will report the state of Christian schools in the Holy Land. Michael Lofton will discuss his book, Answering Orthodoxy. I'll reflect on the life of St. Cecilia, patroness of musicians, plus frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Driving home to faith. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. That's Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. Current events remind us that life can change without warning. The team at Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery is available to assist you in planning for the inevitable. The Catholic Church teaches the importance of a respectful Christian burial for the body, which was a temple of the Holy Spirit. This includes cremated remains. Give the gift of peace of mind to your family and be assured that your faithful intentions are secured. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing your care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing 
fencing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway in Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. This is Archbishop Dennis Schnur from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Wednesday, the 22nd of November. Let's begin together in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that you are a stronghold for those who are depressed by the burden of their suffering. May you grant them the faith that enabled St. Cecilia to sing the song of faith in her heart. We pray for those who have lost the gift of joy in the daily round of life. Grant them gladness of heart. We pray for those who serve the church at worship through the medium of music. Grant them rejoicing. O Lord, you inspired St. Cecilia with a courageous trust in your power to prevail over impossible circumstances. Fill your people with her song of faith that our lives may proclaim your goodness forever through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Cecilia, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you're along on this day before Thanksgiving. A lot of y'all scrambling, but we hope that we can uh, bring a little joy and peace and perspective along the course of the morning. Anna Mitchell's got news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has the uh, YouTube stream up and running. There's a great chat going on. People are sharing their favorite quotes on gratitude in there. So you can head over and join it. It's linked in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Up this hour, we'll talk to Father Philip Michael Tangora about St. Cecilia on this, her feast day, since she is the patron of church music. We'll connect with Carlo Broussard from Catholic Answers, get another monk story from Father Augustine Weta, and some more tips on practical decision-making. And then Dr. Jim Schrader has some tips that you may want to tune in for, because since he is a child psychologist, uh, he's going to know some expert hacks on how to get your picky eaters to eat better this year at Thanksgiving. So stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past the hour. News a service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Israel and Hamas have agreed to a four-day ceasefire to allow hostages to be released from Gaza in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. The deal would see at least 50 hostages captured by Hamas released in exchange for 150 Palestinians held by Israel. Israel says the truce could be extended as long as 
10 hostages are freed each day after that. The deal will also let trucks enter Gaza to bring in fuel and much-needed medical supplies. Gaza has been under constant bombardment since the Hamas attacks on October 7th, which killed more than 1,000 people in Israel. Pope Francis today is meeting with families of Israelis held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians stuck in Gaza. The Holy See has said the meetings would take place separately and are of purely humanitarian nature. During his general audience today, the Holy Father asserted that the conflict in the Holy Land is not war but terrorism. He said, quote, they suffer so much. I heard how they both suffer. Wars do that. But then he said, here we have gone beyond wars. This is not war. This is terrorism, end quote. The Holy See's permanent observer to the United Nations in Geneva has expressed his deep concern over the death of children in the Holy Land conflict. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tullock has more. Dialogue is the only practical path to a lasting peace in the Holy Land. Those are the words of Archbishop Ettore Balestrero, the Holy See's permanent observer to the United Nations in Geneva. Archbishop Balestrero began his address by reiterating the Holy See's unequivocal and irrevocable condemnation. However, he said, while the Holy See affirms the right to self-defense, the principle of proportionality must always be respected. In this context, he reiterated the Holy See's deep concern at the catastrophic humanitarian situation in the Gaza Strip. Archbishop Balestrero noted that thousands of Palestinian lives, including those of more than 5,000 children, have already been lost. This indiscriminate suffering of the population is unacceptable, he stressed. The Archbishop went on to make a plea for the two sides to speak to one another. I call, he said, on the authorities of Israel and Palestine to boldly renew their commitment to a peace based on justice and respect for the legitimate aspirations of both sides. Although the path of dialogue may currently seem limited, he emphasized, it is the only practical solution for a long-term end to the ongoing violence affecting Christians, Jews, and Muslims in the region. Archbishop Balestro brought his address to a close by quoting at length from Pope Francis's recent appeal for peace, saying that he hoped the words would, quote, deeply resonate within the hearts of all those present. Basta, basta, fratelli, basta. Enough, enough, brothers and sisters. Every human being, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Every human being is sacred, is precious in the eyes of God. I'm Joseph Tullock. The U.S. is launching retaliatory strikes in Iraq against Iran-backed militants. U.S. Central Command says a round of airstrikes were launched early Wednesday against two facilities backed by Iran that were involved in attacks against U.S. forces stationed in Iraq. Iran-backed militias on Tuesday fired a close-range ballistic missile at a U.S. airbase in Iraq it resulted in several non-life-threatening injuries. The minutes from the Federal Reserve's last meeting give no indication of possible rate cuts. Mark Mayfield reports. The summary of the two-day meeting held on October the 31st and November the 1st, released on Tuesday, showed that officials remain concerned that inflation could still increase. They say the monetary policy will need to remain restrictive in order to get inflation down to the Fed's goal of 2%. Following the end of the meeting, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said, the fact is the committee is not thinking about rate cuts right now at all. I'm Mark Mayfield. And there's been a change in the top five of the latest college football playoff rankings. Georgia, Ohio State, and that team up north are once again the top three teams, while Washington is up one spot to number four. The Huskies take the place that was previously occupied by Florida State, which is now ranked fifth after losing quarterback Jordan Travis for the season. Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Missouri, and Louisville once again round out the top 10. 
Oklahoma State is up three spots to 20th after a key victory in Week 12. Oregon State suffered the largest drop after falling five spots to 16th. NC State, Clemson, and Liberty are making an appearance after not being included in last week's rankings. Kansas, Utah, and North Carolina are the three teams dropping out of the top 25. It's rivalry week, Matt. It's going to be a lot of big ones. Who your balls got this weekend? I feel like we Is usually Vanderbilt? get Vandy uh, yeah. on Thanksgiving weekend. I think we usually end up with Vandy, which is not as big of a rivalry. I mean, it's an in-state team. Right, right, right. But not as but big as, like, It's not the same Florida. kind of thing as, like, is Florida, Florida, Florida State. Is Florida? Georgia, Georgia Tech. Well, those kinds of things. Would you say that Florida is the bigger rival for Tennessee? Uh, right I, now, it's kind of hard. The SEC is so intense. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to know, like, which year, whether we're, like, more against Georgia or... I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Alabama... Or mm-hmm. sometimes I Which feel like South team? Carolina has been bad a few years. It's been a you're already starting to get your Tennessee draw. Oh, sorry, I don't you're mean practicing. To. It's only because I'm saying the words. Of you're the teams like that you're we play. looking ahead to your travels. <sighs> um, you've caught me. I know. Whatever. Well, you sound like an Ohioan all year long. Thank you. That's true. Thank you. Thanks, man. And and, and Father, I'm just wondering Father which, Tangora always sounds like a he's from New Jersey, like a Jersey guy. Um, I'm just wondering, like, what team makes your blood boil when you hear their name? <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fair. The Fair. New Jersey Devils. <laughs> was that an Islanders or a Rangers fan out there? Is that, I can't wait, was it, which one? Yeah, that is a, a Rangers York fan Yankees. for sure. Oh. Rangers, great year. Congratulations on your World Series win, Father Tangora. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> I, Ouch. Yeah, I never know when Paul Lockman is going to actually activate your microphone. Uh, when we you start know, the interesting stuff. thing about that is the fact that, you know, the uh, the Mets have also always taught me hope. That's I, true. I have that virtue firmly intact. There's always next year. There always is. Right. There always <laughs> is. And that, you know, sometimes, you know, the church is full of people who try but just can't do what they're trying to do. So maybe well, if the Mets went to church, that maybe went. would be the that may be a big part of it. Well, speaking of church, today is the feast of St. Cecilia and Father Philip Michael Tangora. You're a canon lawyer, a pastor and also someone who's got a pretty strong background in music. Uh, if you could, yeah. just kind of let us know why St. Cecilia is so associated with music and then maybe uh, some cool things to perhaps reflect upon since she is that patron saint. Sure. So she was a very wealthy uh, young woman, and she was given to be married to Valerian. And when at her, she really did not, she had previously made a vow of virginity, and so she did not want to be married. She did not want to... Uh, give herself to a man she wanted to truly just give herself and considered herself as already given herself to the Lord and just want to serve God so during her marriage ceremony she sang from her heart uh, and in her heart uh, these different praises to God and when it came time for her and Valerian to consummate the marriage she told Valerian that she had made this vow of virginity and that she was being guarded by an angel. And he said, well, I want to see this angel. 
And he, she said, well, if you go to the third milestone along the Appian Way and are baptized by Pope Urban, then you will be given the gift of being able to see the angel. So sure enough, he, uh, he was converted, he uh, was received baptism, and he saw the angel. And then his brother, actually also uh, inspired by Valerian and Cecilia, uh, also converted. And he, he and his brother, Valerian and his brother, uh, went about uh, burying all the Christians that were being martyred uh, day by day. And Cecilia was uh, just so filled with uh, the love of God and the faith that she was converting hundreds, some say over 400, uh, to the Christian faith. And Pope Urban was baptizing them and, and uh, bringing them into the faith uh, uh, through the sacraments. And uh, ultimately, uh, they were all martyred. At first, they tried to boil her to death, but she wouldn't even break out into a sweat in the baths. And then uh, the governor sent a executioner to decapitate her, to, to cut off her head. And after three swipes of the sword, uh, she was bleeding and whatnot, but she still was alive for three more days. And uh, she was praising the Lord, praying, and teaching the people about uh, the faith. And sure enough, uh, when after she had passed, she was uh, buried uh, by Pope Urban, and a uh, church was erected in, uh, in her honor. Uh, and in 1599, so fast forward many years, uh, in 1599, she was the first saint to ever be known to be incorrupt. Her body was still fully intact, and it looked like she was merely sleeping. Wow. Yeah. That's so a that's lot. St. Cecilia. So because she was uh, singing from her heart, during her marriage ceremonies to praise God and ask God to please keep her virginal integrity intact uh, as an offering and that honor that vow that she made to God. Uh, she is the patron saint of all musicians. Including and especially church musicians. Yes. And, you know, there are, uh, I, I threw a question out on our, on our chat to see if there's anybody listening. I bet you there are actually several people listening who are involved in some sort of music ministry at the parish mm -hmm. level. Um, even if it's like the children's choir, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Know, I, I wonder on this Feast of St. Cecilia, since you're someone who has got a background in musical training, you know, sometimes people say, I wish the music at my parish was better. And <laughs> a lot of people think, well, maybe we just need to get different instruments and different things going. But I got a different recommendation. You know what would instantly make most of the parish music better? is if we actually, in the pews, sang along with you guys. I agree. Absolutely. So I wonder if you maybe if you could throw out that challenge as we head into especially the Advent season. Yeah, well, you know, when we, when we pray from the heart, that's what God really asks of us. And St. Cecilia truly showed that through singing. Uh, through raising her voice in songs of praise, she truly prayed from the heart. And that's what our Lord and Our Lady are really calling us all to engage in. So few people really pray from the heart. And then you wonder why uh, they can walk out of church and not get anything out of it or anything like that. Or, 
or they can abandon the faith altogether because they've never really prayed from the heart. They, they prayed with words. They may have um, they may have thought that they were praying with great intensity, but unless you truly lift up your heart to the Lord, like we say in the preface to the Eucharistic prayer, and make a true offering of yourself, make a true gift of yourself to God, uh, and that's that's where prayer begins. That's where it really, really begins, and that's where it, it is fueled and and is set off into a whole new reality and that's what we all need to really do we need to learn how to pray from the heart like saint cecilia did and uh that's that's really so singing is is really like saint augustine said when you uh sing well you pray twice nice yes well okay so i want to put actually one last challenge out there uh and i i didn't mean to unfairly defame all of our listeners because i I, no. I do want to qualify this because I do see a lot of people singing. They just all happen to be adult females. So I want to put the challenge out to all the men who are standing the there okay. with their hands in their pockets, sure. staring straight ahead while everybody else is singing the Gloria to join in this time. <laughs> Although well, in know, Advent you I, can't really do that. but you know. I'll be honest with you. Uh, uh, the mass that has the most singing is the mass that has no music. Uh, instrumentalists i, I was going to say that everybody i have a working theory that the more instrumentalists you have up front in the band the less people you have singing in the pews i have a yeah, working theory because it, it forces the people to sing otherwise there there's no music you got to cover yeah. it up right otherwise it's gonna yeah. look weird if everybody's singing this up you so saint cecilia pray for us father tangora have a great thanksgiving and thank you for everything happy thanksgiving everybody God bless you all. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> all right. We're back after this with headlines. It's 16 minutes past the hour. Support is for MediShare. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month. And that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Are you expecting the kids to wake you up at the crack of dawn on Christmas morning? Make that experience more bearable by treating yourself to some Mystic Monk coffee. They have a number of Christmas blends available, and when you go to Mystic Monk Coffee through the link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. Make Christmas morning even better by drinking your coffee with a Sunrise Morning Show mug, available in our online store. Browse our mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. You know, we talk story with each of our very unique guests for the whole hour. 
so that you can go deep with us as you yourself pursue your own story of heroic virtue and as you pursue intimacy with God. The Bear Wozniak Adventure, Saturday night, 6 Eastern on EWTN Radio. 18 past, here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis today will be meeting with the families of Israelis held hostage as well as with family members of Palestinians currently stuck in Gaza. Meanwhile, Israel and Hamas have agreed to a four-day ceasefire to allow some hostages to be released in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. And there's a new book coming out from Pope Francis on the nativity scene. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Anna Mitchell, at the beginning of the week, I asked on Facebook for people to throw out uh, the names of which Sunrise regular guests they're especially thankful for this Mm -hmm. year. And there's some very kind, very kind words uh, for a lot of our our friends and family here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Multiple people said that they're very thankful, especially for Rita Heikenfeld this week. Bridget and Debbie, thank you for your kind words. Lucy, thank you for your kind words about Rita. Uh, Josie says, I like Father Hezekiah's Carnazzo, and I know I butchered his name. And yes, <laughs> the, 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 to spell Father I Hezekiah's. I a screenshot I, of that. I, I love it. I love sweet. it. Very like sweet. he, like nobody's ever had problems spelling that name. Come on. I know, right? Come well, on. most people call him Father Hezekiah, so. Yeah, they leave off the S. Yeah. Lori loves Father Robert Nixon from Australia. Who doesn't? I mean, come um, on. Got some kind words. Paul loves Gary Machuda. Nice. Um, Tim says he's grateful for all the contributions of Dr. John Bergsma. Uh, Marion says that she loves the insights uh, that Ken Craycraft gives on so many relevant issues. And uh, the list goes on and on. So if you're thankful for somebody in particular who just, they've said a thing or two this year that's just been super helpful to you and you like just really appreciated it, then you should uh, pay that gratitude forward. Head over to our Facebook page, sunrisemorningshow.com. And uh, add your comments to the fray. We are back after this. It's 21 minutes past the hour. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Anne Andriaco will report the state of Christian schools in the Holy Land. Michael Lofton will discuss his book, Answering Orthodoxy. I'll reflect on the life of St. Cecilia, patroness of musicians, plus frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozart Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozart Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at BrozartPharmacy.com. Food makes the party, and you can find the perfect party foods at Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. From mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich, meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays, Bridgetown Finer Meats can make hosting a party a breeze. And choose your wine while you're there. The BFM Wine Shop has high-quality wines from all over the world. Bridgetown Finer Meats on Bridgetown Road, 513-574-3100, on the web at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service 
and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Carlo Broussard. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers. He's host of the Sunday Catholic Word podcast that you can find at mrsundaypodcast.com. He'd love to speak at your parish. Invite him through catholicanswersspeakers.com. We've been going through his book from Catholic Answers Press, The New Relativism. Carlo, welcome back. Hey, Anna, thanks for having me back. It is good to have you. And we're continuing in our chapter, Thou Shalt Not Be a Judgmental, Hateful Bigot. And we've exposed the relativism in previous conversations, so now we are going to refute this one. And in refuting it, I don't think that you mean that you are going to give us license to be judgmental, hateful bigots. Am I right? That would be correct, Anna. Yeah, I think I think in response here, the first way in which we can respond is to show how the the challenge or the charge fails to make the proper distinctions mm-hmm. between a critique of human behavior, critique of a specific behavior, and making a negative moral evaluation and an attack on the person. So recall this label of being hateful, judgmental, and bigoted is thrown at us whenever we criticize certain behaviors associated with the lifestyles, the lifestyle choices and behaviors associated with the LGBTQ plus community. And so basically what happens is we're hateful because we made a negative moral evaluation. We're bigoted or we're judgmental because we've made a negative moral evaluation. But that's failing to make the proper distinctions between critiques of behaviors and these bad things, which we agree with. So take, for example, hate. Uh, we're, We're said to be hateful for making a negative moral evaluation, but making a negative moral evaluation of behavior, Anna, is different from having ill will toward a person, harboring ill will and showing that ill will towards the person. And so I think if we can help people make that distinction, then it can go a long way. Take judgmental. What does it mean to be judgmental? Well, Mm -hmm. being judgmental is judging someone's motivations, judging someone's culpability for a particular behavior or choice. And most of the times, we're not in a position to have sufficient enough evidence to know what the motivations of a person are and what's their culpability. And so if we were to make the judgment without that evidence, that would be called rash judgment, and we would be judgmental. But that's not what we do, we're do. we doing when we say, hey, that human behavior is not good for you. That's immoral. And finally, bigotry. What is bigotry? Well, bigotry, and is not simply having or expressing a negative opinion about a behavior, but is doing so based on emotion, 
rather than reason and not giving a fair hearing to the other person's views and engaging in insulting, abusive or critical language rather than reason debate. Do some Christians do that Yeah. when they criticize these lifestyle choices? Yes, they do. But the criticism of the lifestyle choice itself hmm. is not bigotry. Well, so you know, that, that is the first response. Absolutely. And that is where I think uh, maybe you could speak to us Christians for a moment here, Carlo, to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Entreat us, encourage us to um, to watch ourselves when yeah. uh, when we are um, asserting these criticisms, because we shouldn't be judgmental or hateful or bigoted right. we need to be doing this in love absolutely and i point this out in the book anna we need to check ourselves as christians whenever we're offering a criticism of these lifestyle choices and saying hey this is immoral this is not good for you as a human being we need to be doing so in love we need to be avoiding making these negative opinions or sharing our negative opinions based on emotion alone that would be bigotry we need to avoid making rash judgments of people's motivations and culpability and because that would be judgmental and that's something we do not want to do we can judge the sin but not the sinner right that's god's business and then of course we need to make sure we're not harboring and expressing ill will towards the person that would be hate we need to make sure that when Whenever we're saying, hey, guys, this human behavior is not good for you as a human being, that we're expressing love towards them, not just in ideas alone, but also in the very manner with which we offer a negative moral evaluation of the behavior, because we don't want to be hateful. Yeah. Our Lord tells us as Christians not to do so. Absolutely. So can you, uh, you, you mention in the book, um, this uh, interview that CNN host Don Lemon uh, oh, did yes. on The View. Can you talk about that to close us out for today, Carlo? Yeah, whenever the church came out in 2021, the then called Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith said that the church is not going to bless same-sex unions, right? So mm -hmm. Don Lemon went on The View, and they asked what he thought about that, because obviously that conflicts with his lifestyle choice. And so basically he's saying, listen, guys, don't let the church hinder you. Catholics or whoever you are as a Christian, you need to go out and break bread with people and get to know them. The implication being that if we get to know them, then we come to see that their lifestyle choice is okay. But notice the implication there, Anna. Lemon and others who think like him are thinking we as Christians are judgmental, mm -hmm. not caring about what they think and how they feel. But that's, and so that's well, okay. We as Christians need to be aware of that. But at the same time, knowing how they think you feel is not going to lead us to the conclusion, well, your lifestyle choice is okay. Well, maybe Don Lemon and others like him should take their own advice on that and break bread with us to hey, understand that we are not being judgmental, hateful bigots just because we say that a lifestyle choice is immoral. It'd be good for him to understand us as well. You can read more about it in The New Relativism, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Carlo, thank you. Thank you, Anna. Have a great day. You too, thanks. All right, it is half past the hour now on The Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Pope Francis today is meeting with families of Israelis held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians stuck in Gaza. The Holy See has said these meetings would take place separately today. 
During his general audience earlier in the day, the Pope asserted that the conflict in the Holy Land is not war, but terrorism. He said they suffer so much. I heard how they both suffer. Wars do that. But, he said, here we have gone beyond wars. This is not war. This is terrorism, end quote. Meanwhile, a deal between Israel and Hamas to release some hostages has been reached. Brian Shook reports. Israel's cabinet approved the deal Tuesday night, according to NBC News. There's still a 24-hour period where the families of victims of Hamas could appeal to the Supreme Court. The deal would include a multi-day ceasefire and the release of 50 women and children held by Hamas. Israel would release roughly 150 Palestinian women and children prisoners as part of the deal. I'm Brian Shook. Severe storms could slow down Thanksgiving travel plans this year. The National Weather Service Prediction Center says there are two main storm systems affecting the U.S., particularly in the south and the east coast. Forecasters are predicting heavy rain and thunderstorms along the coast and in the mid-Atlantic and a wintry mix in New England. Michigan's 1931 ban on abortion has been officially repealed with Governor Gretchen Widmer's signature on the so-called Reproductive Health Act. The law upholds a right of Michiganders to abortion. Whitmer says this will help lower costs for patients and abortion providers and, quote, protects every Michigander's constitutional right to make their own decisions about their body, end quote. Right to Life of Michigan President Barbara Listing criticized the law as being signed recklessly and posing safety risks. There's a new book coming out from Pope Francis on the nativity scene. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. Littleness is the way to encounter God. With those words, Pope Francis has introduced his new book entitled Christmas at the Nativity. Published by Focolare New City Press, the book includes a series of reflections, speeches, and homilies that the Pope has dedicated to the nativity scene and characters who appear in it. In his introduction, Pope Francis recalls his two visits to the Italian town of Greccio, where his namesake, St. Francis, invented the nativity scene, which has adorned houses for centuries to mark the birth of our Lord. The Pope said the creche always invites him and us to delve deeper into the Christian mystery. The incarnation of Jesus Christ remains the heart of God's revelation, he said, noting that it is easily forgotten that its unfolding is so unobtrusive to the point of going unnoticed. Pope Francis noted that God often hides himself in the seemingly trivial and repetitive events of daily life. Therefore, he said, we need to avail ourselves of the gift of discernment, like the shepherds on that first Christmas who discovered God's surprise and adored him. All human beings are inclined to seek greatness, said the Pope, but only a few know how to really find it in the littleness that God so loves. The Pope went on to recall the night in 1223, 800 years ago this year, that St. Francis created the first nativity scene. According to the Italian saint's first biographer, Thomas of Celano, the first nativity scene had a crib, hay, and a donkey, but was devoid of figurines. Instead, it was filled with the faithful who came to participate in the Christmas Mass. I am sure, wrote the Pope, that the first nativity scene, which accomplished a great work of evangelization, can also be an occasion today to summon forth awe and wonder. Thus concluded Pope Francis, the nativity scene has persisted down to our own day and continues to offer Christians a visible and genuine form of the beauty of our faith.
I'm Devin Watkins. President Biden is ordering flags to be flown at half-staff to honor former First Lady Rosalind Carter. The wife of former President Jimmy Carter passed away Sunday. She was 96 years old. Flags at U.S. government buildings as well as at military bases will be flown at half-staff starting on Saturday and will remain at half-staff until Sunday on November 29th. That is the day that Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest in Georgia. That's the news. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN Radio. It's 35 minutes past the hour. To keep Pro-Life Radio alive next year, Sacred Heart Radio listeners will begin by raising $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. So ask everyone to listen now and to help us raise $60,000 on December 6th during our Advent Pledge Drive. This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of St. Cecilia, Wednesday, November the 22nd. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. If you're traveling for Thanksgiving, dry weather, at least regionally. Right now, temperatures in the lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, overcast to mostly cloudy today with a high of 47 degrees. Clouds move out tonight. It'll be colder with an overnight low of 33. Mostly sunny skies tomorrow on Thanksgiving with a high of 53 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly cloudy today. Some possible drizzle with a high of 45 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight and an overnight low of 32. Becoming mostly sunny tomorrow on Thanksgiving and a high of 52 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Sunrise Morning Show continues on this Wednesday, November 22nd. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Hope that you are uh, not having a meltdown. Hopefully we can give you a little bit of encouragement to remember what it's all about at the end of the day, which is gratitude and being with the ones you love. Uh, Father Augustine Weta now joining us is the author of Pray, Think, Act, Make Better Decisions with the Church Fathers. Father, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Not I'm doing well. Meltdown, I assume. Not melting down. So uh, <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, asked another Benedictine about this uh, earlier in the week, but do you have Uh-oh. any big Thanksgiving plans where you are? Uh, well, we don't. It, the, it, my monastery is from the English congregation, and English monks do not tend to be very good cooks. So uh, the moms from our school tend to make us Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, which is nice because if it was left to Father Rafe, we'd have fried bread and tomatoes. 
<laughs> English monks, you know, beans on toast, right? I mean, it's not. Some... Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're not. Well, we're not known for our cuisine. I'm sorry to say. Take advantage of the Midwestern culinary tradition, and uh, yeah. you know, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, so get us a good monk story then today to help us uh, dive back into this question of discernment and decision-making. <laughs> well, a brother asked Abba Pullman, uh, a legacy has been given to me. What should I do with it? After spending some time in silence, the old monk came back and said, return in three days and I will tell you. Three days later, the brother returned. What have you decided, he asked. He answered, I have decided that it is none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't much of an answer, admittedly. Kind of a cop-out, really. But monks, you know, in the Dominican tradition and the uh, Jesuit tradition, they talk about spiritual direction. But monks don't tend to spiritually direct. We tend to call it spiritual accompaniment. Precisely because we don't tend to think that we have much advice to give. Um, what what will happen, you'll notice in a lot of these stories, is that someone will come seeking advice, and then the monk will tell them a story that doesn't seem to have anything to do with the topic and tell them to get lost. Um, and the moral of well, all the stories really is that when you need advice from someone, you don't say, like, what would you do? You ask them, how would you make this decision? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, because, of course, if anyone asked me what, what I would do in their their position, I'd say, drop everything and become a monk. But that, that may not be the answer That would not for be you. probably a good idea for, for a very good number of our listeners. Uh, yeah. would, uh, throw their families into disarray yeah, just a little exactly. bit. Well, you know, it's so funny that you, you kind of – position the issue this way because you know i was uh, an evangelical in the late 90s i worked at family christian store which is kind of like the big really? christian bookstore chain back in the day and i worked there when all the big stuff came out when veggie tales hit when the left behind oh, yeah. series was cranking like christian contemporary music was at its peak we were even there for the prayer of jabez but i was absolutely yeah. there when the wwjd bracelet hit and exploded and went everywhere and everybody's asking this question what would jesus do and i'm like most of the stuff that jesus would do is stuff that is not i mean jesus would be like ah it's the middle of the night i'm going to go walk across the lake i can't really do that (laughs) so so i have to obviously think of that question in different terms right well, right, and of course, when you ask what Jesus would do, uh, kicking over tables and beating people up is not, you know, totally out of the question. But if you're going to start kicking over temples, uh, over uh, tables in the church, you better darn well know what you're doing, which Jesus really did. In fact, I was listening to, uh, no, I was reading a book the other day, and, or was I listening to something on the way? I can't remember. But anyway, the point was <laughs> that... Um, Whoops, I forgot the point. Oh, yeah. Well, that Jesus himself was the only person who never had to apologize for anything. <laughs> and, and if I asked myself, what would Jesus do? He would. He certainly would never apologize right? because he was always right. <laughs> That's a good point. 
right. and apparently he wouldn't shop anywhere that I shop right now because there's no evidence that he did. <laughs> right, so, yeah, J.C. Pennies was the thing. Apparently <laughs> not. Uh, J.C. Pennies, the J.C. Yes, the Pennies. No. So uh, <laughs> clever. Yeah. Well, well, and the other thing is that the Saints have different ways of making decisions than we do. They tend to see things slightly different. And the point is to see things like a saint, not like, well, not like Father Augustine. Yeah, they they, they say about Saint Teresa of Lisieux that uh, in her childhood she was offered. Uh, oh, let's see, how did it go? She and her sister were offered a basket full of toys, and and someone said to him, "Well, you can choose whichever one you want." And her sister chose a ball of twine, I think, or something. Toys were simpler back then, I guess. And then uh, Trace took the whole basket and said, well, I choose everything. <laughs> and the point, I think, of the story being that she didn't she didn't feel limited by the the question itself. Um, so, so reframing the question and maybe thinking in terms like, a, or, or didn't St. Maximilian Colby had a similar story, that he had a vision where... Our Lady offered him the crown of martyrdom or the crown of purity. And he looked at Our Lady and he said, okay, I'll take both. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great, uh, great example of this. But, uh, you know, it's also a great example of, well, like the most Catholic word in the world is the word and, as uh, we like to joke around the Coming Home Network, because we get all these Protestants coming from backgrounds where it was, you know, this doctrine or this doctrine or this kind of faith practice or this, you know, you had to sort of choose and it was all like binary stuff. Right. And when you get into Catholicism, you get a lot of and, right? Yeah. So like, if the, I mean, the question is, should I be celibate or should I have a fruitful family life? Uh, the Catholic Church is going to tell you yes, right? <laughs> I mean, right. Well, you got to work that out. I think part of say be chased, right? You know, either way, you're going to be chased, right? Well, and, and to, to get to this heart of the story of the brother who comes to the abbot and asks, you know, what should I do about this? And he says, you know, I've decided that it's none of my business. I think part of what's at heart here is that sometimes we want other people to do the hard work of discerning for us. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of having to, you know, actually work through some of that stuff ourselves in our own souls. Yeah, when I was deserting my own vocation, I remember going into the abbot's office and saying, "This is really too much for me. Uh, just tell me what to do. You're a superior." <laughs> and he just laughed at me <laughs> and said, "No, go back to your room. You know, you, you, you I'm not gonna. Twenty years from now, you're gonna want to have made this decision yourself." Yeah. 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 Well, and that's so important to think about. You can't just throw decisions that you got to make onto other people and say, "Hey, you tell me what to decide." I mean, God has trusted us with an enormous thing in trusting us with free will. So, Father Augustine Weta, I hope yeah. you have a thank- happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for all the great contributions and all the great old monk stories. We'll talk thank to you again you. soon. I'm thankful for you and your radio show. Well, you send our best back to St. Louis. I sure will. All right. We got Dr. Jim Schrader next. He's going to talk about how to handle picky eating around your Thanksgiving table if you've got a kid who's in that situation. It's a quarter till. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? 
Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. He is honored by the church as a saint with the title of the angelic doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. Thomas Aquinas wrote a basic textbook for young theology students that became the church's most famous and comprehensive guide to the faith, the Summa Theologica. It is still read today and helped earn him the title doctor of the church. He died in 1274. To find out more about the doctors of the church, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. 12 till, here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis today met with families of Israelis held hostage as well as with family members of Palestinians in Gaza. He did so after his general audience this morning. A deal between Israel and Hamas to release hostages has been reached, and there's a new book coming out from Pope Francis on the Nativity scene. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday, the 22nd of November. Well, you can't say we don't try and be practical on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're going to talk about picky eaters at the Thanksgiving table with Dr. James Schrader. It's always great to catch up with him. He's got so much to say at james-schrader.com. And he is Vice President of Psychology and Wellness for Easter Seals Rehabilitation Center. Dr. Schrader, good morning. Yeah, good morning. So if you're not careful, and I think we all know, if we look around the family, maybe there's some people even guilty of this listening right now. Mm-hmm. It's all going to be mashed potatoes and rolls and gravy. So <laughs> what have been your no strategies kids. over the years uh, for helping kids be more open to trying foods, especially when you've got like some really great options at Thanksgiving? Yeah, I think one of the first things you have to do is make sure it doesn't turn into a huge control you know, battle over the food itself. Um, I think this is often where we get in trouble. And you know, we want to reinforce good eating. We want to reinforce good boundaries. But we turn it into a big battle over you got to eat every single thing on your plate. And one of the first things I would just encourage parents to do is to make sure that whenever you put food on a child's plate, you you put less than more. So that's one of the first things is that when we put too large of a quantity, right away that's kind of intimidating sometimes to kids who are picky eaters and tends to kind of stem more of these battles. I would rather you put one green bean on the plate 
than four. And if one's consumed, that's great. Or if a half is consumed, that's great. Then trying to go for four, which may be really unrealistic. So go smaller, not bigger when it comes to quantity. The second thing to consider as, a, as an idea is pair, you know, desirable foods with undesirable foods. So when you know there's a couple of foods that your kids will eat, kind of make sure they're available on the plate, make sure that they're, they're there. And then the foods that are less desirable, again, in small quantities, kind of pair those with the more desirable foods. Because when kids see a plate full of things they don't like at all, again, it's likely to ensue some challenges. So those are the first couple of things just to think about there um, when we introduce food. Well, I really like that idea of small portions and mixing it up a little bit. In some ways, I think it's also important, and Thanksgiving kind of gives this opportunity anew to say, like, your eating is an act of charity towards the people who prepared it. You don't feel that when you go to, like, McDonald's, right? <laughs> but right, you feel that right. sometimes when you're like, this is Aunt, you know, Sue's. Yeah. You know, weird sweet potato thing. You don't have to say the weird sweet potato thing that she makes. You should try it and tell her, you know, how much you like it. Like, not because you're lying, but because you appreciate something that she did for the whole family. Like, there's there's levels beyond just the nutritional aspects of this stuff. Totally. I think it's a great thought. There's actually two different levels that we thought about here. Is One is the idea, again, of it's gratitude for someone's effort. Like, hey, guys, you know, saying to your kids, like, I know it's not your favorite thing. But just consider, like, you know, your aunt or your grandma – um, or your grandpa put a lot of effort into this, and at least, you know, we can try it, right? So that just says, hey, we, we appreciate your effort, and we're going forth. But here's the other thing. This is more of a divine perspective, and we talk about with this with our kids. God gives us an amazing ability to refuel ourselves and to repair our body, and we could talk more about kind of the research behind this, and to prepare for good physical and mental health by doing something that actually is really appealing. Now, again, I know your kids may not like all the foods, but think about the idea that eating itself is generally an appealing act. And by doing something that's appealing, it's pleasurable, we can actually refuel and allow our bodies to be healthier in general. And so we talk about with our kids, like, you know, again, food is just pretty remarkable that we have all these options and all of this available to us. And in the end, it's something that we actually have to do anyway, right? And so, you know, when you kind of take more of a divine perspective, even with your young kids, and say, hey, the way you can give thanks to God is to just be open to some of these foods because these foods are great for your brain and for your body. Um, and I think that's another way to look at this, too. Well, you also have to model it, which I've also learned, <laughs> right? You have to uh, right. make right. your plate look like a really good buffet. And, you know, mix up the colors is always helpful, too. I have lots of good colors on the plate, but I wonder, Dr. Schrader, are there any foods that you used to not like growing up that you absolutely love now that uh, can provide maybe a storytelling mechanism for like when we're trying to tell a kid like, oh man, I used to not like those either, but now they're one of my favorite things. Yep. I definitely have a lot of those foods. Number one that comes to mind are different kinds of peppers. When I was growing up, I thought, oh gosh, green peppers, red, orange, I don't care what color they are, yellow, like I hate, you know, peppers in general, bell peppers, whatever. And um, so I really just kind of stayed away from them, and you'd have to cook them into something pretty good to get me to eat them, you know, willingly. Now I love them. Um, I love them on my salads. I love them on anything at all. And um, we talk about, we've actually said this to our kids before, like, who fortunately do like peppers for the most part, that, you know, it's something that, like, I was closed off to. 
but now that I realize, you know what, actually the taste is much better. And even if, even if I don't love the green pepper, it's probably my least favorite, I can see the value in it. And it goes back to this idea that those peppers are full of all sorts of vitamins and minerals that are great for our bodies and for our minds. And I think one of the other big tips I just really encourage all parents listening is make the, the idea of diet, like diet and nutrition interesting, right? So often we come down and it's like, oh, it's something you have to do. It's an obligation. It's but good the for is, you. Yeah. It's good for you. How many times have we heard that, right? But nobody really wants to be told it's good for you. But lots of people, if you stoke their curiosity, and I've seen this even in our very young kids, they start kind of being like, oh, interesting. Oh, like I didn't know that was the case. Like I didn't realize that those were available. And then once curiosity is stoked, guess what? Openness gets greater, and you're more likely to get some new foods in there. And we haven't even talked about how getting them on the food prep, even if that means that they cut one vegetable, right? They, right. They're, they're more likely to try the one bite of the thing that they helped with. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're just like little things they, like that. That's right. They don't just come in packages and growing in the ground in packages already. they got to come from somewhere. So, you know, start the yeah. food prep to see that Even if idea. you're going to be like, microwave these, this bowl of peas. They're like, those are the peas that I microwaved. Yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Dr. Schrader, we've got James Dash Schrader linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Well, you All can't right, say we don't try and be practical oh. on this. Anna Mitchell, I was, I was. Can I help you? I yes. felt I was beside myself there for a moment. I know. I was beside myself. Uh, like Darth Maul at the end of Phantom Menace. Oh, my gosh. Roma keeps talking about Darth Maul. She's in, like, this real Star Wars phase right now. Oh. She keeps talking to me about it, and I'm like, I, I credit have Will no for this. idea what you're talking about. I credit Will for this. I think I told you earlier, Freddie wanted to watch the movie with the AT-AT walkers. I'm like, why yes. are you telling me you want to watch this movie? I have no idea which one to put on for you. No. Talk to your dad. Talk to well, your dad. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Well, Anna Mitchell, I uh, in this last moment we have with our national EWTN listening audience before we head off to our Thanksgiving holiday, I want to tell people to listen to the best of the Sunrise Morning Show, yeah. some great interviews tomorrow. If you are up early cooking turkey, please tune, tune in, in because we have some we really some awesome stuff. topics. And tune in on Friday, too, because we have lots of great topics then in the Best of the Sunrise Morning yeah. Show, including we still actually have the gospel reflections from yeah. Father Hezekiah and Father Duncan yep. for, the, for feast the Feast of Christ, Christ the, King, the King. It's a big weekend. Yeah. It's wild. Big, big weekend and a lot of great stuff. So if you don't have the Sunrise Morning Show app, download it. Go to our website, Show. Dot com and, and since we won't it. have a chance to talk to you much between now and then, please do consider helping us out on Giving Tuesday. Yeah. We've got a donate button there as well. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday from all of us to all of you. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Ryan Lopez here. What do you think we need more of in our world? It's obvious that we need Sacred Heart Catholic Radio and more of it. That is why we have recently expanded to seven different media platforms. On December 6th, we invite you to join us in our Advent Pledge Drive as we look to raise $60,000. Your pledge of $10, $20, $50 a month will ensure that we can illuminate the darkness of the world with the light of Christ. So we invite you to join our mission December 6th. Or you can visit sacredheartradio.com today and click Donate.
For Catholics, being united with God for eternity is the goal of earthly life. A Catholic cemetery is sacred because it holds our bodies, once temples of the Holy Spirit, until the Lord comes again. The Archdiocese of Cincinnati has consecrated Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery to provide this ministry and remind us that life is not ended, but changed. Today, you can ensure that you and your loved ones are interred in accordance with your faith. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Born from the heart of St. Daniel Comboni, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most abandoned people in the world for more than 150 years. The Combonis improve quality of life with resources like food, clean water, and medicine. They provide vital education in schools and spiritually minister through the sacraments, all while preparing local Christian leaders to serve their people now and in the future. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul Cincinnati answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material assistance to neighbors in need. You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles in Miamisburg, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can help deck the halls this Christmas. Heirloom quality nativities, advent wreaths, books, CDs, and much more. St. Michael's Rosaries, online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. This is Bishop Roger Foys of Covington. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Sacred Heart Radio. Continue on this Wednesday, the 22nd of November, praying a psalm that has a Thanksgiving theme to it. Psalm 138, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, with all my heart. In the presence of angels, to you I sing. I bow low toward your holy temple. I praise your name for your mercy and faithfulness. For you have exalted over all your name and your promise. On the day I cried out, you answered. You strengthened my spirit. All the kings of the earth will praise you, Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. They will sing of the ways of the Lord. How great is the glory of the Lord. The Lord is on high, but cares for the lowly, and knows the proud from afar. Though I walk in the midst of dangers, you guard my life when my enemies rage. You stretch out your hand. Your right hand saves me. The Lord is with me to the end. Lord, your mercy endures forever. Never forsake the work of your hands. Amen. And since it is her feast today, St. Cecilia 
pray for us. Got a couple parishes in the listening area who are named for St. Cecilia. Happy feast day. Buon onomastico to you. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And Travis still in here. I know I don't get to shout him out at the beginning of the hour. I'm grateful for Travis and all the cool things that he's done and all the good ways that he's benefited from being benefited us as part of the Sunrise Morning Show Sacred Heart Radio team. Uh, so there you go. While we're listening, who we're thankful for. Up this hour, Laura Streetman is going to have a pro-life news update. We'll check in with Father Frank Donio from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Sonny Johnson Lane will be along from St. Vincent de Paul, Cincinnati. This is a great time of year to make sure you remember what St. Vincent de Paul and your community is up to. And she's going to join us for that. Plus more Thanksgiving tips from Rita Heikenfeld for those of you who are uh, looking for some last-minute encouragement and help. Two minutes past the hour. News a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Check out them before Thanksgiving hits. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Israel and Hamas have agreed to a four-day ceasefire to allow hostages to be released from Gaza in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. The deal would see at least 50 hostages captured by Hamas in exchange for 150 Palestinians being held by Israel. Israel says the truce could be extended as long as 10 hostages are freed each day after that. The deal would also allow for trucks to enter Gaza to bring in much-needed fuel and medical supplies. Gaza has been under constant bombardment since the original Hamas attacks on October 7th that killed more than 1,000 people in Israel. Pope Francis today has met with families of Israelis being held hostage, as well as with members of Palestinians who are stuck in Gaza. The Holy See had said that these meetings would take place separately and were purely humanitarian. During his general audience today, the Pope asserted that the conflict in the Holy Land is not war, but terrorism. He said, they suffer so much. I heard how they both suffer. Wars do that, he said, but here we have gone beyond wars. This is not war. This is terrorism, end quote. The Holy See's permanent observer to the United Nations in Geneva expressed his deep concern recently over the death of children in the Holy Land conflict. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tollock reports. Dialogue is the only practical path to a lasting peace in the Holy Land. Those are the words of Archbishop Ettore Balestrero, the Holy See's permanent observer to the United Nations in Geneva. Archbishop Balestrero began his address by reiterating the Holy See's unequivocal and irrevocable condemnation. However, he said, while the Holy See affirms the right to self-defense, the principle of proportionality must always be respected. In this context, he reiterated the Holy See's deep concern at the catastrophic humanitarian situation in the Gaza Strip. Archbishop Balestrero noted that thousands of Palestinian lives, including those of more than 5,000 children, have already been lost. This indiscriminate suffering of the population is unacceptable, he stressed. The Archbishop went on to make a plea for the two sides to speak to one another. I call, he said, on the authorities of Israel and Palestine to boldly renew their commitment to a peace based on justice and respect for the legitimate aspirations of both sides. Although the path of dialogue may currently seem limited, he emphasized, it is the only practical solution for a long-term end to the ongoing violence affecting Christians, Jews and Muslims in the region. Archbishop Balestro brought his address to a close by quoting at length from Pope Francis's recent appeal for peace, saying that he hoped the words would, quote, deeply resonate within the hearts of all those present. Basta, basta, fratelli, basta. Enough, enough, brothers and sisters. Every human being, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Every human being is sacred, is precious in the eyes of God. I'm Joseph Tollock. 
Severe storms could slow down Thanksgiving plans this year. The National Weather Service Prediction Center says there are two main storm systems affecting the U.S., particularly for those headed to the south or to the east coast. Forecasters are predicting heavy rain and thunderstorms along the coast and in the mid-Atlantic and a wintry mix in New England. More on the local forecast in just a couple of minutes. The meetings from the, or sorry, the minutes from the Federal Reserve's last meeting give no indication of possible rate cuts. Mark Mayfield has more. The summary of the two-day meeting held on October the 31st and November the 1st, released on Tuesday, show that officials remain concerned that inflation could still increase. They say the monetary policy will need to remain restrictive in order to get inflation down to the Fed's goal of 2%. Following the end of the meeting, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said, The fact is the committee is not thinking about rate cuts right now at all. I'm Mark Mayfield. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. Not a whole lot going on, but the Bengals aren't expecting uh, to hear from uh, Joe Burrow for a while. Zach Taylor told the media yesterday that he wouldn't think that Joe Burrow could recover in time for a playoff run. It is expected that uh, he will have surgery to repair the torn ligament in his wrist and has been ruled out the rest of the regular season. Jake Browning will get the uh, go, and he will be the uh, starting quarterback for Cincinnati against the Steelers on Sunday. Bengals open as one-point underdogs. Last night in college hoop, fifth-ranked Marquette uh, handed top-ranked Kansas their first loss of the year, 73-59. Marquette will face number two Purdue in the championship of the Maui Invitational in Honolulu. Also in action, how about Cincinnati? They're 4-0. They will host Georgia Tech tonight. Paris schools return on Black Friday. Xavier will host Bryant as Dayton will uh, also face Youngstown State, Ohio State, Tips off against number 15, Alabama, in the Emerald Coast Classic. So uh, keep an eye on that on Friday. Speaking of Friday, how about the uh, Molar Crusaders? They are in the state semifinal. Go Crusaders. Go Crusaders. They take on Springfield. And then also uh, Archbishop Alter is taking on Steubenville. Go Knights. Yeah, go Knights. They take on the Big Red of Steubenville. But those games are Friday. Kind of Ryan has... Lopez is here in studio with us. Anthony is a huge Mueller <laughs> fan, right? He, he is. He's been uh, indoctrinated into that high school. <laughs> there you go. Not not a bad uh, not a bad high school to follow. There. Anything with an M. He, he sees Marathon Ooh. Gas Station. He sees Michigan. He thinks it's Mueller. He always oh, no. thinks it's Mueller. Oh, like no. That. you got to catechize know, that boy. <laughs> Catechize that boy. He's in first grade. I'm not prepared to think about I'm his I'm going to catechize that boy and get him something with a big O on it. It's a beautiful oh logo. We, we have to acknowledge that's a, you know, it's a gorgeous M. Oh, Ryan and I both have kids um, uh, in a classroom with a teacher whose son plays for Mueller. So yeah, yeah. that is an M. I told her the other day that I'm said, okay with. I said, if he goes and she goes, you mean when? I was like, if <laughs> that's awesome fair enough my wallet's that's not awesome. ready for that i know well hey there's maybe, some time maybe got time. maybe he'll be a great uh field goal kicker or something you know maybe somebody will sponsor your kid yeah. to go to mullet yeah, there, there we go. go there we go yeah 
Let's take a look at uh, traffic now. Traffic service SGO, of right, Ryan? SGO. <laughs> Scholarship granting organizations, ladies and gentlemen. They're around. Okay, anyway, go on. Sorry. All right. No, you're good. Uh, traffic service of Larkin Cobb, uh, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. What, what what do we got? Yeah, there's absolutely nothing going on right Woo! now. People are off today. They're taking the day off, and they're going to start traveling right around the time that Paul goes on the air to do traffic for Driving Home the Faith. And Paul's job is going to be very difficult today, so oh, pray for no. him. <laughs> what does that mean there's rain in the forecast? No. 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 Oh. Here's Everyone's Ryan good. Lopez. All right. Hey, here in Cincinnati, not too bad of weather today. Overcast skies, mostly cloudy as well with a high of 47. Tonight will be a little bit colder. Clouds move out. We'll have a low of 33. But tomorrow for Thanksgiving, mostly sunny skies with a high of 53 here in Cincinnati. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, mostly cloudy with possible drizzle today with a high of 45. Mostly cloudy tonight, low of 32 degrees. And tomorrow becoming mostly sunny with a high of 52. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. Well, today is Wednesday, November the 22nd, of course, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. But on the liturgical calendar, we celebrate a great martyr of the church, one who makes it into the Roman canon, St. Cecilia. Pray for us and a big happy feast day to anyone who attends St. Cecilia. Pray for us. Laura Streetman back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show from Cincinnati Right to Life. Good morning, Laura. Good morning and an early happy Thanksgiving, uh, Manny, even though we're going to talk about tough stuff. Yeah. We have so much to be thankful for, but we do have to report this kind of news. So. Absolutely. And we are so thankful for you and all of the work that you have done for the cause of life and for keeping us up to date on all of the news of interest to the pro-life community, particularly when it comes to our state of Ohio. And we talked about this for weeks and weeks and weeks leading up to November and the election and issue one and the kind of web of, I mean, the complicated mess that was going to happen if issue one passed. And we are starting to see the fruits of the passage of issue one now. If you can call that's, it fruits. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. And uh, wherever there's evil and darkness, there's confusion. And that's wow. what's happening. Um, so the Ohio Supreme Court is officially reopening its review of Ohio's heartbeat law in light of passage of state issue one, the ballot issue that, of course, enshrines abortion up to birth into our Constitution and is set to take place. You know, it will will um, be in effect beginning December 7th. Uh, Chief Justice Sharon Kennedy issued an order last Thursday giving State Attorney General Dave Yost and plaintiffs until December 7th to file written arguments stating what effect they think Issue 1 has on the case. Um, because mm -hmm. Issue 1 changes Ohio's main governing document, but it doesn't repeal any specific law because, of course, we spoke about how broad this thing is. And um, any individual law on the books would have to be the subject of a specific lawsuit challenging it. Yeah, so, again, that web. Be, yeah, so many laws that are going to be challenged by the, the pro-abortion uh, legal teams that will no doubt try to take advantage of everything they can with this now going into the Ohio Constitution has 
Has Attorney General Yost said anything about this yet, Laura? I'm, I'll, I'll be really curious no. to see what he decides to argue or if he just lays down his arms in light of issue one. Right. Me too. And, um, you know, nobody has made it. Made, it seems people are very shell-shocked. They're trying to evaluate. Sure. You know, you just, yeah, and everybody's exhausted, too. So we yeah. just need to keep praying and... Maybe after Thanksgiving and we all take a break, we'll we'll see what, what he has to say. Okay. So Sure. But meanwhile, like I was saying, pro-abortion uh, community uh, going to take advantage of this. And we have news in that regard from Planned Parenthood. Right. They have announced that they will make significant investments in Ohio following the result of this ballot, Issue 1, enshrining a right uh, for the procedure you know, full term um, to be enshrined into our state constitution. And, of course, it would accommodate women seeking abortion from other states. That's their words, you know, their soft language. Planned Parenthood said they would seek to add staff, facilities, including near Ohio's borders, to enable women to seek the procedure from out of state, making Ohio an abortion travel destination, which we warned about through the entire campaign. Uh, we know that three of our bordering states, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Indiana, made abortion illegal. And, of course, Planned Parenthood sees the opportunity to grow and expand their very profitable abortion industry business here in the Buckeye State. And you know where and, I'm particularly worried about this, Laura, is along the the Appalachian uh, border of Ohio where there are so many people just in poverty that will find themselves, could find themselves in situations where they are seriously considering abortion. And if there are abortion clinics around there, I mean, Ohio University is in that area along the uh, West Virginia border. I mean, this is, gosh, I mean, this is devastating news to hear that they will most likely be building new facilities. It is. It's really, really devastating. And the chief executive officer of Planned Parenthood of Greater Ohio said, we're incredibly hopeful with the passing of Issue 1 that it will be easier to recruit providers that want to come to Ohio knowing that reproductive rights have been enshrined in the Constitution here. It has been incredibly challenging to staff for abortion services and recruit providers to the state given the previous restrictions. So, you know, maybe that's even a clue to all of us, how we are going to fight this fight. Let's go. You know, Abby Johnson's And Then There Were None, where they get the abortion workers out. God is calling us to a next-level way to fight this evil. And let's Mm -hmm. just all pay attention and see the clues in our own statement. Let's make it difficult for the providers to come here. Let's continue that work. Yeah, yeah. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you um, know, Oh, go ahead. Well, we spoke of Indiana, and guess what? Uh, Guttenmacher, Planned Parenthood's research arm, just announced that Indiana is abortion-free. They have zero abortion. Praise be to God. Yeah. Wow. So that's great news. Um, Thank you, Jesus, for that one. Yeah. And and all the work everyone there did. So. Yeah. Now, um, we also, uh, we didn't get to to cover it very heavily last week. So let's revisit this issue on the abortion pill. Tell us more. Right. So um, there's news on the chemical abortion or the abortion pill front. Last week, Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Finch led a coalition of 19 state attorneys general in filing an amicus brief in the U.S. Supreme Court 
in support of the medical professionals in the case of Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine versus Food and Drug Administration. So Attorney General Todd Rokita from Indiana and Daniel Cameron from Kentucky are part of a group of 19 that filed the brief in support of the case against the legality of the abortion pill. And as a reminder, this goes all the way back to April when the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals issued the ruling that banned mail-order abortions that put women's lives at risk. Um, but, of course, the Biden administration appealed that, so it's you know been a complicated court situation where it's now in the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm. So we're thankful for those attorney generals. Um, attorney General Dave Yost did not sign on to that, but um, hmm. as stated, Indiana and Kentucky did. Okay. And then uh, finally, Laura, there's a uh, there's an event coming up in just a couple of weeks that you want listeners to know us to know about. Tell us about it. Right. So as we pray and we anticipate for when this horrific law, you know. Happens on December 7th, but we invite all listeners to join the pro-life community three days after that on December 10th at 2 o'clock for prayer, a rosary procession from Holy Name to Planned Parenthood, and then there will be a talk given by the Sisters for Life. And we'll also have a celebration um, afterwards, two days ahead of Our Lady of Guadalupe's feast day. We'll have a heated tent and food and refreshments, so it'll be a good time to hear um, a talk by the Sisters for Life and uh, be together in prayer. Mm. Yeah, and I actually I love that you're invoking Our Lady of Guadalupe here today when you think about the state of things in Ohio concerning a culture of life and you think about Our Lady of Guadalupe and what an effect she had on a culture that was into human sacrifice and what a turnaround that culture made in in wake of Our Lady of Guadalupe's appearance to St. Juan Diego. And we know that she can intervene into history. And so we just continue to pray and hope and trust, don't we, Laura? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And with God, all things are possible. And we know when we go to Jesus through his most holy mother, we can just expect graces and miracles. Yep. Yep. And Laura, since we aren't going to talk to you before then, or yeah, well, have a very happy Thanksgiving, but also a happy feast of St. Catherine Labore. I know she's a big deal in your life as well next week. She is. She is. So thank you, Annie. Thank you. Thank you. And may you just really have a really joy-filled Thanksgiving with your beautiful family. And thank you for everything you do. Thank you. And you too, Laura. Thank you so much. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. All right. It's 20 past. We got traffic and weather coming up next. Why do so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group, according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me, Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Trinity Church Supply, providing church supplies and religious gifts worldwide. From Catholic greeting cards, books, and willow tree, to sterling silver medals, rosaries, sacramental gifts, and statues. Trinity Church Supply, 5479 North Bend Road. Good food can still be fast food. 
Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same-day pickup. They also have high-quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. 22 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive at pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at Rose Automotive Group. If you are planning to travel somewhere for Thanksgiving, get out on the road now. I don't care how unprepared you are. (laughs) Throw your unfolded clothes in the back seat. Throw your kids in their pajamas in the car and get on the road now. Don't even mash those potatoes. Don't even mash those (laughs) potatoes. Just throw the potatoes uncooked in the car in the back seat and get on the road now because there are no accidents, no delays. There are probably no cars on the road right now. Now it's time for weather. Here's Ryan Lopez. What you do want to have in your car is a jacket for today, though. Yeah, it's kind of chilly. Yep. Here in Cincinnati, overcast skies will remain mostly cloudy today with a high of 47. Tonight, clouds will move out, which will create colder temperatures, a low of 33. And tomorrow for Thanksgiving, mostly sunny, seasonable temperatures with a high of 53. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, mostly cloudy with possible drizzle today, high of 45. Mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 32. And tomorrow, becoming mostly sunny with a high of 52. Now, please pray with me. The prayer for Ohio. Of course, we've just been talking to Laura Streetman about developments going on here, and our state definitely needs prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart, offer the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray Pray for for us. St. Joseph, protector of the unborn, pray pray for for us. us. Father Frank Donio joins us next. It's 24 past. Let there be light are the first words that God spoke in the Bible. But even though we chose the darkness of sin, Father Rob Jack reflects on how God overcame the darkness by sending us the light of the world. 
for Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter. And to bring the light of the world to everyone, use the QR card that we sent so everyone can download the Sacred Heart Radio app. Then on Wednesday, December 6th, local Catholics will prove to those pushing to silence pro-life radio that we are an immovable force by raising $60,000 during Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive. And with our pledge drive on the Feast of St. Nicholas, you'll meet the big man himself that delivered the Sunrise Morning Show on video. You'll also read how we're planning to sweeten the deal when Sacred Heart Radio visits your parish, along with the updated program schedule and more. To receive the Christmas newsletter with the QR card, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Newsletter Sign Up. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. News. I'm Matt Swaim. Always great to catch up with Father Frank Donio from the Catholic Apostolate Center. We've got them linked at SunriseMorningShow.com. You're definitely, definitely going to want to link to them uh, because of today's conversation. Father Donio, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So, uh, as we've been asking everybody, you got big Thanksgiving plans? You got a favorite food or anything that you make? Well, I, I am... I tend to just go uh, and be with, uh, I get the chance to be with my family. In my religious community, we go and, and spend time with our families on, on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, so I, I, bring, I bring Italian cookies that I am from a, from a place in Little Italy in Baltimore where my community has been in the parish there since 1909. Oh, wow. And so I've, I've done this every year and my family expects them to be there. So that's, that's my big contribution uh, hey. for the, for Thanksgiving. Are they the ones like the, the like white, like powdery stuff on the outside kind of cookies? Well, or? they're, they're like, yeah, they're really, actually they're really soft and they have like pine nuts on them and that, yeah, they're really, they're really good. They sound really, really good. good. Sound mm -hmm. good. Well, I'm really thrilled to talk to you about Advent resources for the Catholic Apostolate Center. I want to get into why it's so important for us to really be thinking about this stuff before Advent happens. But what do you have available um, on your Advent page through the Catholic Apostolate Center? Well, we have a whole 
this is one of our most, would you believe this is one of our most popular uh, pages, resource pages. I saw pages, it. I, did, I absolutely year, believe year it. Year <laughs> after year because yeah. there's not a lot of resources out there. There's plenty of things for Lent, although that's one of our very popular pages as well. But our Advent and Christmas resources are really the ones that people also very much look for. And so we have uh, a guide to the liturgical season um, so that people can make the most of it. Uh, and and also we have activities for youth and for young adults that are age appropriate. We have a number of recordings of the Sunrise Morning Show, but we also have Advent traditions and meanings, the meanings of those traditions. We have a number of prayers. We have a, a set of our blogs and an ebook uh, that were just around the Advent and Christmas seasons, but also a, a history of Advent, the symbols and customs of Advent. Too often, Advent just goes right by. Or, you know, when you see the use of an ad Advent wreath in popular culture these days, it's usually a thing that's just filled with gifts, which is a long-standing custom. Usually it was candy. But now it's, it's just all sorts of things that have nothing to do with faith, nothing to do with, yeah. with preparing for Christ. It's just give me more gifts. And it's I don't it's a totally a bad thing, but it, that unfortunately that's kind of the use now in popular culture of the of Advent wreath when we know that that custom, uh, which has kind of come into the church over time, is is really meant to be uh, a circle uh, so showing the evergreen is is eternal life. Um, the green is a symbol of hope. And then the candles, the purple, you know, symbolizes waiting. Also, there is some penance within Advent, which people don't necessarily think about. It's not as deep penitential season as, as Lent. And then the, the rose candle is, is symbolizing rejoicing. We're almost there, Gaudete Sunday. And, and moving us closer and closer to, uh, to the celebration of Christmas. But Advent has a dual piece here because it's about... Christ coming at the end of time, and also the celebration, the remembrance of Christmas. I think it's it's both of those that we're waiting for. We're waiting for to celebrate the incarnation, but also waiting for Christ to come at the end of time. And uh, if you've never put those two and two things together, go back and sing Joy to the World and think about the second coming, because yes. that's really you know, what those lyrics are pointing to. I just want to highlight a couple of the things that, that jumped out to me that I'm really excited about seeing. You have a, um, a, this whole document on Advent activities for youth and young adults, and I love how mm -hmm. you have it broken up uh, for – ages 3 to 11, like here are good activities for that mm -hmm. age group. Here are good activities for 12 to 19, uh, 18 to 35, and so on and so forth. Um, because I, I think sometimes people are like, what is an Advent activity for kids? And yes, we sort of throw a blanket thing and like, you guys have done a good job uh, of really collecting some things that are uh, really targeted catechetically towards certain age groups yes. um, instead of just sort of broadly doing a kid activity. No, we we had we had people who are experts in uh, in in catechetics as well as experts in uh, education, just in general, uh, to take a look at this and to help us with this. But all, all of whom were, were faithful Catholics who would who wanted to help people become uh, really enter into this season because it's a season that can just 
just we could just go right through very quickly. And rather than taking the time in working over the years with college students, it's always at the time of finals. And so it, it and, and the end of the semester and going home for Christmas, for all these kinds of things. And Advent can just go by uh, rather than it being a time of of prayer, of preparation, of waiting, of deeper encounter with Christ our Lord. Yeah, you talk about in those young adult uh, activities some uh, you know, great times to try and inc- invite them to silence, uh, right? But silence yes. and community, uh, right? Yes. Uh, because what does finals do often but isolate people with their <laughs> yeah. with their own stress? I mean, it really is kind of a wild time for, for young adults. But, but little, little yeah. kids love love Advent wreaths. You know, so like put put one together. You know, it doesn't take it's, it doesn't take a lot to put little. Put yeah, you one know what together. little kids really love? They love when you put one in the middle of the dinner table, and they get to yes. set something on fire every night. They <laughs> yes. love it. And 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 but there's an opportunity right there for prayer, for for focusing in on on Christ, and and you know of course saying grace before meals, but also this this extra prayer time that really says, oh. This is a different. It says to the kids, "This is a different time," and, and we're and and why are we doing it? And what do these colors mean? And and what does this this uh, evergreen mean? All of these things, I think, are are ways in which we can help children enter into and and the family can do this together. This is not something that you have to go to church and do. It's something that can be done, as you say, right on the dinner table. Well, and I love that, uh, you know, that's part of these categorical resources that you have. You also have, if anybody's interested in some of the psychology about this, wherever the age groups are broken out, you also talk a little bit about what stage of learning people are in different age groups and why these things work really well for different age groups. There's just a ton, I mean, a ton of great stuff uh, on your website. Father Frank Donio, if our listeners want to connect with you and tap into all this stuff, which is, it's all free. Uh, How do they do it? It's all free. Just go to CatholicApostoliteCenter.org, scroll down on that page, and you'll see Advent Resources, and click right there. Yeah, there's some fantastic stuff. I'm definitely going to be tapping into this this year. Father Donio, have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a great Advent. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, and God bless. All right, 35 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with news. Good morning. Pope Francis met today with families of Israelis held hostage as well as with family members of Palestinians stuck in Gaza. The Holy See has said that the meetings would take place separately and were humanitarian in nature. Also, during his general audience today, the Holy Father asserted that the conflict in the Holy Land is not war, but terrorism. Meanwhile, a deal between Israel and Hamas to release hostages has been reached. Brian Shook reports. Israel's cabinet approved the deal Tuesday night, according to NBC News. There's still a 24-hour period where the families of victims of Hamas could appeal to the Supreme Court. The deal would include a multi-day ceasefire and the release of 50 women and children held by Hamas. Israel would release roughly 150 Palestinian women and children prisoners as part of the deal. I'm Brian Shook. Severe storms could slow down Thanksgiving travel plans this year. The National Weather Service Prediction Center says there are two main storm systems affecting the U.S., particularly if you're traveling to the south or to the east coast. Forecasters are predicting heavy rain and thunderstorms along the coast and in the mid-Atlantic and a wintry mix in New England. President Biden is ordering flags to be flown half-staffed to honor first 
former First Lady Rosalind Carter. The wife of former President Jimmy Carter passed away Sunday at the age of 96. Flags at U.S. government buildings and military bases will be flown at half-staff from Saturday until sunset on November 29th, the day that she will be laid to rest. And there's a new book coming out from Pope Francis on the nativity scene. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. Littleness is the way to encounter God. With those words, Pope Francis has introduced his new book entitled Christmas at the Nativity. Published by Focolare New City Press, the book includes a series of reflections, speeches, and homilies that the Pope has dedicated to the nativity scene and characters who appear in it. In his introduction, Pope Francis recalls his two visits to the Italian town of Greccio, where his namesake, St. Francis, invented the nativity scene, which has adorned houses for centuries to mark the birth of our Lord. The Pope said the creche always invites him and us to delve deeper into the Christian mystery. The incarnation of Jesus Christ remains the heart of God's revelation, he said, noting that it is easily forgotten that its unfolding is so unobtrusive to the point of going unnoticed. Pope Francis noted that God often hides himself in the seemingly trivial and repetitive events of daily life. Therefore, he said, we need to avail ourselves of the gift of discernment, like the shepherds on that first Christmas who discovered God's surprise and adored him. All human beings are inclined to seek greatness, said the Pope, but only a few know how to really find it in the littleness that God so loves. The Pope went on to recall the night in 1223, 800 years ago this year, that St. Francis created the first nativity scene. According to the Italian saint's first biographer, Thomas of Celano, the first nativity scene had a crib, hay, and a donkey, but was devoid of figurines. Instead, it was filled with the faithful who came to participate in the Christmas Mass. I am sure, wrote the Pope, that the first nativity scene, which accomplished a great work of evangelization, can also be an occasion today to summon forth awe and wonder. Thus concluded Pope Francis, the nativity scene has persisted down to our own day and continues to offer Christians a visible and genuine form of the beauty of our faith. I'm Devin Watkins. 8.38 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. Let's go over... uh... Some Bengals news. Bengals uh, do not expect to see Joe Burrow, uh, or so Zach Taylor has said to the media, he wouldn't think that Joe Burrow could recover in time for a playoff run. But uh, good to hear that uh, Cincinnati's still thinking about a playoff run. Bengals in action on Sunday, taking on the Steelers at home and just one-point underdogs as of right now. There's been a shakeup in the uh, top five in the latest college football playoff rankings. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan once again the top three with Washington taking the number four spot. Huskies take the place of uh, previously occupied Florida State, which now sits at fifth after losing their quarterback, Jordan Travis, for the season. If you can, say a prayer for Jordan Travis. That was a, a nasty injury. College hoops tonight. Cincinnati 4-0 takes on Georgia Tech. And hopefully the Bearcats can keep their uh, perfect season alive. Let's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Got a coffee lover on your Christmas list this year? Give them the gift of Mystic Monk Coffee. 
The Carmelite monks of Wyoming have a number of seasonal blends that would make for a great Christmas morning brew. And when you purchase it, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you support the monks and the show. If your coffee lover is also a fan of the Sunrise Morning Show, pick up a mug or travel mug for them in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery. And he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive is Wednesday, December 6th, when local listeners will come together to raise $60,000 to keep pro-life radio alive. So please invite everyone you know to listen now, and then we'll talk to you and everyone who told about us on December 6th. Welcome back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Sunny Johnson Lane, she's Chief Services and Strategy Officer for St. Vincent de Paul, Cincinnati. Good morning, Sunny. Good morning, Annie. How are you? I am doing great. Really happy to talk to you today. Uh, for our Cincinnati audience particularly, there are a couple of initiatives going on right now at SVDP Cincinnati that I want to make sure they know about to help uh, our neighbors here in the region, um, the Coat Drive and the Angel Toy Drive. Can you tell us about these? Sure, I'd love to. Our Coat Drive is ongoing right now. Um, every year we distribute over 2,000 coats to our neighbors in need throughout the Cincinnati area, and that is such a blessing to us. Um, we do it in a variety of ways. The first is just through our coat distributions. And uh, we have two upcoming distributions, one at Elder High School on December 2nd, and then one at the Clippard YMCA on December 6th. The other way that we distribute the coats is through a voucher program. So any neighbor who is in need of a coat can come into our Nyer Outreach Center here in the West End in downtown Cincinnati, or to any Catholic parish that has one of our St. Vincent de Paul conferences and request a voucher. And that way they can just redeem it at any one of our thrift stores throughout the Cincinnati area. And that way they can choose the coat that they would like the best. Nice, nice. Now, many of us might assume that that these sort of regional drives that you do are at the heart of the mission of the St. Vincent de Paul Society. And I mean, they're certainly important. I don't want to diminish them. But St. Vincent de Paul is devoted to subsidiarity. And so Mm -hmm. you go even more local than that. Um, if you will, than, than these regional drives. So can you tell us about what happens at a home visit? What is a home visit? I would love to tell you about that. The home visit is really the core of our Vincentian way of serving, and it's been since our founding in 1833. Uh, we always look first to meet people where they are, both literally and figuratively. And so meeting someone where they are means going to where they are in their home. 
Um, you know, Frederick Ozanam, our founder, wrote that there's no way we can understand the lived experience of the people we serve unless we literally sit in the same space with them. Mm. And so that is something, even in all the busyness and um, all of the more public-facing events we have, we can't forget that that's really our core is to meet people in their own space. And it's it's really interesting because the folks we serve, you know, there's a there's kind of a a power imbalance, if you will, when someone needs something and we have something. And the home visit, there's a genius to it because it, it addresses that power imbalance. The person who is in their home feels com- feels comfortable because they're in their home. And we may feel uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar to us. So it really brings us together in that spirit of, of mutuality that is at the core of our Vincentian way. Can you take us through sort of the... What, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the schedule or the process? The mechanics. The mecha- <laughs> yeah, there you go. The mechanics sure. of what happens during a home visit? Sure. And I would say this is pretty uh, universal at any conference in the world, uh, not just here in Cincinnati. Um, generally, most conferences, which are based in Catholic parishes, uh, will have a helpline. And anyone in their neighborhood uh, will call, that has a need, will call that helpline. And a Vincentian volunteer will answer the call. And we'll say, when can we come to you and visit you? So it's really very much on the neighbor's schedule, what's best for them, when they're comfortable. We always go in pairs because we feel, feel like if Jesus sent his, his apostles out in pairs, that's good enough for us. Sure. Um, we, um, so we meet our neighbors, uh, like I said, at a time that's convenient for them. We go in, and generally home visit pairs are, are people who stay together for a long time. So they know each other very well. They develop a relationship. So they will pray together as they're preparing for the visit. Um, we consider visit starts with the call, so we start holding the neighbor in prayer before we go to their home. Um, when we meet them at their home, we gather the information we need to make sure that we understand their situation. We try to delve into, you know, are there other things we can help with besides the express need? Many times we'll go on a visit, uh, you know, for example, someone will ask for utilities assistance, and when we get to the home, we realize they have no furniture, so they might need help with furniture. Um, and always prayer is integrated into the home visit. So we ask our neighbors if they would like to pray with us, and I will tell you that almost always they say yes. Uh, we offer for our neighbors, would you like to lead the prayer? What would you like us to pray for? Um, and then after the visit, we address whatever needs have been you know, brought up during the, the visit. We follow up with our neighbor to let them know that we've taken care of what's needed. And then we generally follow up again with the neighbor just to check in and see how they're doing again. Wow. I mean, what an affirmation of human dignity when we live in a world that that really doesn't affirm the dignity of the poor very well or maybe not even necessarily the poor but just anyone who has a need and has the humility to say that they need help Mm -hmm. um, we don't often affirm their dignity and yet this home visit really does that really affirms their dignity as a human person it does, and it takes some courage to reach out for help. I've made probably hundreds of home visits, and at the beginning of every home visit, I make it a practice to say, thank you for calling us. You did the right thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so many of our neighbors in poverty feel like they're just a number or they feel like an inconvenience, and, and it's a pleasure and it's a delight to be able to serve them. So it's a great gift to us, um, and we're grateful to be able to do that service in that way. Well, we've run out of time, Sonia. I'd love to revisit this topic again sometime in the future with you. But in the meantime, uh, particularly for our Cincinnati audience, if they want to get more information about how they can help with the coat drive or the angel toy drive or become a Vincentian themselves to participate in these home visits, uh, where can they get more information? Uh, Go to our website, www.svdpcincinnati.org. 
You can find that linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We've been talking to Sonny Johnson Lane. Sonny, really appreciate your time this Thank morning. You, Thank you. God bless. You too. Thank you. All right. It is 12 till. Rita Heikenfeld joins us next. Now, Sacred Heart Radio has our own smart speaker channel. Playing Sacred Heart Radio. Yes, now when you ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio, it will immediately play our stream without some of the inappropriate commercial content that you had to sit through from the tune-in connection. So, at any time of the day or night, to hear Sacred Heart Radio loud and clear, ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500, 513-248-3500. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide, while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult to machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for Mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. It is time for Bible Foods with Rita Heikenfeld, and what a great time of year to be able to have a friend like Rita that you have great access to as we think about what we're going to be making, who we're going to be eating with, uh, what kind of setup we want to have so that everybody's able to get along and get together and really enjoy some solid fellowship. Rita, good morning. Well, good morning, and boy, it's time's almost there. Thanks it's one of my favorite times of year for so many reasons, uh, but you wanted to highlight a few different things about mm-hmm. hospitality and preparation and point to little uh, passages from the scripture to sort of connect those th- things that we're going to be doing as we prepare with some ways that people prepared in the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of my, oh gosh, there's several favorites of mine, but, um, you know, of course, when we entertain guests or even if we're just... Um, Having family, we always wash our hands before we eat. But um, in Bible times, and I wanted you um, to talk about this a little bit because your expertise is pretty cool on this subject. Uh, Guests wouldn't wash their hands just in static water. They would have somebody pour water over their hands in a running stream. And can you tell a little bit why that was such a, a wonderful tradition? Well, there are a few different things to highlight about that. One is because you don't have a sink, <laughs> right? So it's kind of like a, someone acting as a faucet. But also mm-hmm. uh, there's the great uh, story of um, Elisha pouring water on Elijah's hands, uh, bearing in mind that Elijah was Elisha's superior. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, you know, 
the other thing it fast forwards me to is Jesus washing the apostles' feet, right, as yeah, a sign of yeah. service. But I can't help but think when I uh, see that image, um, and Elisha was later on referred to as the guy who poured water over Elijah's hands. Um, but I can't help but think about my son, who's an altar server, and uh, there's that part of the Mass where yes. as part of the preparation, he always pours water over Father's hands, <laughs> you know, uh, before he continues with the celebration of the Mass. So, yeah, it's a really rich image. Yeah, and as you said, um, you know, every during Mass, it, it just brings us back to that point, and, and I love that. And my one of my other favorites is in Hebrews, Hebrews, it says, Do not be willing to forget hospitality, for by it certain persons, without realizing it, have received angels as guests. And we have talked about that before. And that really hits home here, because you never know in the crowd who you're entertaining, um, the gifts they bring and the blessings they bring as well, don't you think? I uh, I believe it. And, you know, sometimes the person that you might least expect is going to be the person you have an amazing conversation with uh, this year, somebody who you might not think that you have a ton in common with, and then you finally get sat next to them at the table and or put next to them in the checks mix in the living room. <laughs> you know, it yep. is, a, is a wonderful thing. Uh, now, in Luke 7, uh, the host of the banquet greets guests with a holy kiss. Uh, of course, we talked about foot washing. That's mm-hmm. definitely something that uh, shows up in the Bible. But what about uh, – I, I mean, I, I really enjoy your perspective, not just because you give us great recipes, because uh, you also remind us, like, when we have these gatherings, uh, it's so easy to get caught up in the prep and the cleanup. But, I, I mean – how would you encourage people to not lose sight of what we're really doing when we get together like this? Well, the first thing I always think, especially for myself, is, is try to be present um, when you're hosting a, a gathering. It, what it means for people to eat together, it's, uh, as I always say, it's not just about the food, but who sits on the chairs. You bond over meals. And, and when you eat with somebody, you know this, Matt, it says you're friends and that you share a common bond through food and, and um, conversation. So, and, and then when you have Thanksgiving, I just think it, when you have family and friends over, it just multiplies the enjoyment, just of the simple enjoyment of eating. And I love, too, that I reminded uh, myself, too, Jesus loved eating with people, including sinners and tax collectors. So um, just some tips for your Thanksgiving dinner. First of all, if you're a novice, just stick to the essentials. Don't be trying a bunch of new stuff. Been there, done that. Just like turkey, dressing, a simple cranberry sauce, potatoes, and, of course, lots of gravy, and maybe a side vegetable, some green beans, a green bean casserole, and that's it. Um, be present for your guests and try not to, to kill yourself in the process. You'll be overwhelmed, and you won't be a guest at your own party. Well, and it is helpful, especially if you're not used to cooking on that scale or mm-hmm. some of these things like a turkey. They take some time. Uh, so appetizers are very important. And you've pulled out two of my all-time favorite recipes that you and I have discussed this time of year. I wonder if you could run through them for our listeners. Oh, sure. Mine is so easy. It was from my daughter, uh, daughter-in-law, Jessie. Sounds weird. It's not the prettiest kid on the block, but so delicious. It's baked Swiss and cranberry dip. And all you do, Matt, is you mix together some whipped cream cheese, some apricot preserves, some shredded Swiss cheese and dried cranberries. Stir it all up, put it in a shallow casserole and bake it in the oven, um, and we serve it with Triscuits. It's not too sweet. It's not too savory. It's just the right amount, you know, to stave off the hunger. And then yours, which I am doing this year, the pumpkin cheese fondue, 
That is so delicious. And that's sort of gourmet, yeah. but you know what? It's easily done. You, what you do is you've got a pumpkin hollowed out, and then you've got some toasted baguette uh, slices, and then you make this wonderful custard, creamy custard um, that's got cream and, and chicken broth and cheese in it, some Gruyere, like a nice Swiss and some Emmental, and you layer that um, the baguette slices and the custard together in that pumpkin and bake it. Oh my gosh, it puffs up. People look at it and they're just they just want to dive right into it. So we have yep. two, one a little a very easy, one that takes a little more time but worth it. So that's yep. uh, my That uh, pumpkin fondue, the best part is so you got your broth and your cream and your cheese mm-hmm. and your baguette all layered up, but when you like scoop it out, you scrape a little of that pumpkin off the inside and get some of that in there too. I know, it's, it's just delicious. It's one it's one stuff. that I could make a meal out of. And it looks cool on a table, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Rita Heikenfeld, we've got your recipes. They are in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I will, and I hope that all of our listeners and readers do the same, Matt. All right, and we got more cool kitchen tips from Rita Heikenfeld on tomorrow's Best of the Sunrise Morning Show episode. Anna Mitchell, I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with Will Likewise, and the family. Matt. Uh, Likewise, please tell your lovely family I say hello and a blessed Thanksgiving to them. Travis and Beverly and Haley and Paul and Bill and Gail and Father Rob and the whole Sunrise Morning and Show Leah. and Sacred Heart Radio family and Leah and Jim Gray. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most forgotten people. With our founder, St. Daniel Comboni, as an inspiration, we work for the full development of the human person through evangelization, education, and advocacy. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. That is ComboniMissionaries.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. 
I'm Deacon Joe Grody from St. Michael's in Sharonville. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. A production of Ave Maria Radio.